Hi everybody, welcome to Frame Trap. You might notice that something is a little bit different. Uh, we don't have four people on the show today. We have three people. And we're trying something a little bit different. This is Frame Trap episode 30. Um, and I've been listening to feedback for the show, and I've been thinking about my own stuff, and I realized the last couple of episodes, um, it's been a lot of what we've been playing, and I do think that that is the bulk of the show, that's kind of the heart of the show. We want to uh, talk about games in a casual way, and, and uh, shine a lot on things that we don't really necessarily have other venues to shine a lot on things very easily. Um, and, but at the same time, I don't, I feel like we're rushing emails, I feel like we're rushing the Hotake, and some of that is on me as a host, but I thought, hey, let's mix it up. Maybe we don't need that fourth person, maybe we'll have a better flow, maybe it'll be uh, a little bit more intimate, just the whole thing will be better if we just have one less person, so we're trying it out. I think it is good to try things, and who better to try new things with than Kyle Bossman. Hey, everybody. And Michael Huber. Hello. Huber, uh... You wear your heart on your sleeve, and you wear your passion on your chest. You've got a Friday the 13th shirt yes. on. Yeah. This is one of my favorite shirts. Yeah. Uh, how often have you worn that shirt, do you think? How often? Yeah. A bunch of times. I'd say once. It's in the rotation of the laundry basket. Oh, yeah. 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 Absolutely. So we're talking like once a week? No uh, way. No, because I have a ton of shirts. Yeah. So I don't have to do laundry as much. Mm-hmm. So it's like I do laundry every like three weeks. So Life like, hack, buy lots of underwear. Exactly. Do less laundry. Yeah. So it's like once every three weeks. Maybe this is just me and my, my horrible like sense of style and yep. habits, but I feel like I wear like 25% of the clothes that I own because I only like 25%. Oh, Does yeah. Does that happen re- with you? Get rid of the rest. I just, yeah. so I had the same problem. I just maybe a month ago donated a ton of shirts to Goodwill. I took like... 25 shirts out nice yeah it was overflowing too much drawer space i gotta do that yeah i think i think there's so many you're not using just give them away post e3 Mm -hmm. i'm just gonna have this big give it all away session where i just go to goodwill yeah and you know what i think i'm gonna extend it beyond clothes like let's get serious there there are books that i have that i'm never gonna read get rid of those Mm -hmm. i'll feel good uh if you're not familiar with frame trap this is your first time watching uh we here, we have, there's different components of the show, and the first component is we talk about what we've been playing. And uh, every ally is responsible for bringing some game that they have something to say, some sort of insight, some sort of passion, some sort of enthusiasm, or even just some sort of intense criticism. Maybe the game is driving them insane. Um, and today, Mr. Kyle Bossman, we're going to be starting with you. Cool. What have you been playing? So you know how Hubert, you, you, you said on this show he always brings Yakuza. He always wants to talk about Yakuza. Right. My goal for Frame Trap going forward is to always bring a VR game to talk about. Yeah. Uh, so I want to start with one I like very much called Nog. Nog. G N O G. Nog. Nog is not necessarily a VR game. You can play that without a VR headset completely, but it is a game that benefits heavily from a VR headset. So to explain this game, it is a puzzle game, straight up puzzle game. You're not exploring an Island or anything. It is, you're solving puzzles, but these puzzles are physical objects that you peer into. They're so cool. They're basically like a lunchbox with cool things inside of it. Mm-hmm. And so this it's like a representation of a scene, little dioramas essentially, oh. but like 
thick. They're like thick with things that you can play with and tinker with and, and open and crank and flip open. And that's really the things I enjoy with it is just this feeling of that thing's there and I'm playing with it. I'm, I'm solving mysteries and telling a story through these weird little lunch boxes filled with toys. So you're talking about these different scenes mm-hmm. um, and how cool it is to kind of get a look at them. What, what are these scenes like? Like what, what are you actually looking at and how do they keep it fresh and exciting? Like how, what's the variation between these lunch boxes? So uh, the first one is just frogs eating uh, moths and butterflies and fireflies. Yeah. Bugs. Uh, and so that's a weird scene to depict, but you find interesting things in the way that you crank and slide and uh, just tap and peer into. This is why I think it's probably best for VR is think of a diorama presented in front of you. And that's the entire puzzle. Mm-hmm. You can freely look at it. Sometimes when you're, when you're stuck, you can just lean back in your chair and see it from far away. Or if it's something you're really interested in, you can peer into. This mm-hmm. is a game about, taking a knee yeah i was just yes. gonna say that <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. um in a game that is so intensely focused on you looking at something mm-hmm. i feel like the aesthetic is very important like, yeah. does this game have a strong style to it it absolutely does the style i would say is uh it's it's nice big blocky and simple and vibrant and that's not to say every level is cartoonishly red yellow and blue uh some are you know uh like sadder some are you know these purples and blues and light greens and uh the theme itself is like kind of interesting and the music is so so strong a huge part of this too Mm -hmm. uh its aesthetic is nailed down every screen you would see of nog you would say oh that's nog that's that one game where you peer into lunchboxes dioramas i should call them dioramas they're not (laughs) lunchboxes (laughs) they always start every level starts with you peeling off the wall and then you can see inside of the diorama. And so that's sure. why I guess why I think Launchbox. Yeah, kind of like you're opening it up. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess, uh, so I don't know anything about this game, but some questions is, like, I, w- I would be worried that maybe this is a game that would overstay its welcome, where where it, it wouldn't know where to end, where you just you get to a point where you're like, oh, this was really cool, but I'm kind of sick of it. Does does that happen? How long is it? It's very short. It's, under okay. the, it's like less than two hours. I think okay. it's around that two-hour mark. Okay, so it knows when to get out. Yep, okay. yep, yep, yep. And that's... Exactly right. I, I think it is the perfect length for what this thing is. Mm-hmm. It's not like I'm finishing and like, oh, I wish they really padded it out with side mesh. It's like perfect. And Nog mm-hmm. is what Nog is. Mm-hmm. And uh, most of the times with VR, I, I'm not looking for multi nights. I'm mm-hmm. looking for that. Just show me something different. And this pulls it off so sure. well. How much is it? I can't say. Like 15, I, I believe. Okay, I'm going to okay. have to look. Do you, 15 do you or 20. I, I remember when it was on the store because I had seen it at E3 like once or twice. I was like, oh, Nog's out. And it was like PS Plus sale. Nog was like my uh, noodles and broth last year. Was it? Nice. I don't even remember. Yeah, I, yeah. I think remember. it was my broth. I think Nog was my broth. I, at E3, didn't play it with VR, so mm-hmm. I didn't get the full effect. I can't even imagine this game VR. It sounds like it's solely made for um, it. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't want to I don't want to necessarily speak for Michael Huber, but I know you've said sometimes that you you feel a little bit of hesitancy hesitancy or intimidation for with puzzle yes. games. Is, yes. Did, did you ever... <laughs> Are the puzzles ever like that where you no. get stuck? Okay. They're never like that. Okay. I definitely was stuck twice. One was honestly, I think, like a mechanical bug. Mm-hmm. It was <laughs> match up these two things. I had them matched up for 15 minutes, and for some reason the game didn't recognize it, and so oh. I undid it and then redid it. It's like, okay, yeah, I get you now. So, uh, <laughs> And then, by the way, I looked it up, the answer. You couldn't. You type in 
nog ice cream and then you find so many results for eggnog ice cream that you cannot find the solution <laughs> to that puzzle so again i just had to redo it it's like oh well i had that anyway uh and but uh, yeah another time i got stuck it was like earned and it, it was just kyle would be a little more observant and that's mm. my favorite kind of solution mm-hmm. not yeah. not just keep trying to move the lasers over which i think yes. he was re- like the trial yeah. and error puzzles yeah yeah it, it does not have puzzles like that cool most of them are organic to the scene and just, it's like looking, look into this deeper, yeah. keep looking, keep playing, keep tinkering and you'll find That's it. Cool. Yeah. So, so talking about that, like, Hey, be a little bit more observant, keep tinkering. Um, yeah. This is sort of a vague question, but when I, when I play sort of games like this, where you are, it, so much of it is about seeing what's going on. And I know you said you didn't want this necessarily be a multi-night thing, but I think the mark of a good game like this is when you sort of get that sense where you just it pops in your head and you're like, oh, maybe maybe there's more to see, and like you n- maybe you don't necessarily go back and and play it again, but you think to yourself, perhaps there's more there. I looked at the hidden trophies. Okay, finished the game. I was like, I wonder what those hidden trophies are. Yeah, what did, did I miss? Did was, they seem like pretty cool and, pr- and yeah, pretty give us clever? One. Give us one. Uh, sure. Well, one of the ones I uh, okay. Uh, just one. It's for. Believing in the world. It's like one of them is just a, oh no, I don't want to spoil that one. It's just treating them as you would if they're a real scene. Cool. Which I like a lot. Awesome. Okay, well, I'll, I'll, I've been kind of hinted at this one. The, there's one where like you're cooking food for these two animals. Uh, if you keep, if you clean everything up, you get a trophy, which awesome. I did not. But if you like tidy everything up before you finish the level, then you get that little cool. hidden trophy. Like when you finish the level, you can like move ahead. There's like a button to move on or? Mm, no, you, there's a pretty clear thing to trigger the ending always. Oh, okay. Of the puzzle that says, it's just awesome. a button, by the way. You know, I love buttons. Yeah, just like hitting buttons to me is just yeah. Uh, is it move controllers? Uh, I use the the PlayStation Four controller. Okay. I think because of the right analog stick, it's probably. I think you have to use a controller. Did you try it at all without VR? No. Okay. Back at E3, yes. Okay. But I wouldn't want to. Okay. If you have the option, well, here's the thing, and I and I gotta. I got to say this, uh, this is like the first very frame ratey VR game I've played mm. and it's only in two particular places. So you start the game. It's like, wow, this is great. Wah, 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 wah. But then the way that these levels escalate near the end, you get to some that are framey. Mm-hmm. If you look around, Jeez. it's like, it's like, Oh, did you Whoa. not test this one? Did you just let it slide because it's such a complicated level? But, uh, you can't do in VR. You can't have frame rate issues. That's, that's really detrimental. Um, when you're playing VR games, uh, not not necessarily for a stream, just for yourself, just Kyle Bossman, mm-hmm. do you say things, do you talk to yourself, like, not necessarily talk to yourself, but do you say things out loud when something is really exciting or wows you or frightens you or some strong I think, emotion? I think for my first nights, yeah, the, yeah, I would say wow out loud. I think cool. presently, no. I do get emotional. I get mm-hmm. taken away and taken aback, for sure. The way you feel in these worlds, the way you feel surrounded is so nice. And just the way everything works and interacts, it just feels good. I really hope they announce a new VR bundle at E3, like a next wave. I think we're totally ready shot in the for arm. like a shot in the arm, a yeah. sick bundle, a $50 price drop or something. Like, it's it's long overdue. Kyle, I really love this this commitment to like bringing a VR game to Frame Trap because... Yeah. I I'm still on board the VR train. It's just sort of this, the the nature of this work. I've had to like move yeah. on to other games, and I've kind of forgotten about it. And you remind me that like there's still so much wonder there. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go I'm, two hours. Yeah, play Nog. Yeah, it's a little Nog. List. It's a little Nog. Uh, what else you got? So 
the other VR games I don't want to talk about too much. Uh, uh, Farpoint. Okay. Really curious about this one. Yeah. Wow. By the way, whenever I talk about Farpoint, I have to say that Sony gave us a copy <laughs> and the gun for that game. Cool. Also, we got a code for Nog, I should say, as well. Uh, so Farpoint is a game in which you move around, and that's why I'm not continuing to play it. I should just bring that to you, Ben, so you can have the gun in the game. I'm really curious about playing it, yeah. I don't know how you got through RE6, Hubert. Sorry, RE7. Uh, basically, just any VR game where Dude. you're also moving. I'm just realizing I get queasy, <sighs> and I just, I'm not into it. I'm VR, not- VR is never, ever in my life. Ever. I've never gotten motion sick in my life. Resident Evil 7 was the very first time in my life I'd ever felt queasy. Yep. And it was the first, like, two nights. Yep. Two nights. It was bad. After, like, an hour and a half each night, I was just like, oh, like, I'm getting dizzy. Like, it's really hurting. Like, this is not natural. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then finally, like, as I got more and more into the game and, like, I got, my tolerance was built up. You got your sea legs. Yeah. You got my sea legs, but I was still a little bit uneasy. Yeah. Here were the exact same experience mm-hmm. happened with me. The first night that I played Resident Evil 7 VR, I was, yeah. I, I felt, like, terribly sick. <sighs> yeah. Like, I tried to lay down, and I, I, I was in pain. Yeah. And then eventually, you're right, you just build up that tolerance. Mm-hmm. I had, I could play for for hours, yeah. and, and, and I was okay. Oh, and that's was, so cool. Nice. I yeah. would love to build up that tolerance, yeah. but I don't have it yet, True. and I'm not driven... Farpoint's not a game where I'm like yeah. like RE7. Yeah, right. I'm not like oh yeah, I'm gonna get back in there. I'm gonna I'm gonna feel awful at the end, but I'm building <laughs> yeah. on my top. I'm not there yet with that game. Sure, it's cool. The gun is cool. It's weird to have a big dumb plastic peripheral in 2017. We How's thought we were past it, but it's it feels cool to point at a thing and pull the trigger, and then it, for in the world of that game for that to have that same action. How's the story? Story is weak in the first hour. I can say. <laughs> okay. Here's what okay. happens. There's a scene here where you're kind of, you're following holograms. Mm-hmm. You're following two people who have already crashed. Okay. And they're trying to find another team that's crashed. And so uh, you find the, this this recorded thing of them, and, and it's just a man and a woman, and he tosses like a little juice box at her, right? And it like splashes on the ground. And she's like, oh my God, you made a mess. It like got on her too. And then she's like, wait a second. Look at these splashes on the ground. Do you see this? He's like, yeah, what are you talking about? She's like, if we think of this splashes as debris from the ship that crashed, if we think about that backwards, we can find out where the ship crashed. And he's like, you're right, but that's crazy. Let's do it. And so then they go, they try to follow the trail of debris. This thought that didn't occur to them until they saw the juice box splash. Yeah. It was the most insane thing. <laughs> and you feel like you're alone in the VR world. You feel like you're crazy looking at these right. two people come to this realization. <laughs> you're like, am I, like, what is this? Who are these people? The juice! How? It's the juice! It's the juice, of course! It's like, wouldn't they follow the debris anyway? Yeah, they would. God. You don't need juice to tell you to follow debris. A, a trail of debris. Oh my God. So anyway, yeah, the writing's insane, but... Can uh, you skip cutscenes? Ooh, interesting question. <laughs> okay. Probably. Okay. Uh... The presentation's out of the charts. Like it, it is, it is a well developed or uh, fully developed games. I, I should say, just visually, it looks really impressive. Mm-hmm. You feel like you're on those worlds. You feel like you, that is smoke. Going Would you above. say it's the best looking VR game you've ever played? Mm, no, because I really like uh, Psychonauts. Yeah, okay. I like not going for realism. Yeah. Okay. Would and you I, say it's I really the like best Batman. realistic looking? games can, can we go down that road sure yeah i mean i really like batman mm-hmm. batman's a game where you don't move around you don't there's no walking analog stick and really like every time i think of a vr game i love it's that yeah. it's you're stationary for the most part yeah. 
I, I feel like the question that I immediately have with Farpoint, and I wonder if it's a bad question, is would this game be any good without the VR component? The answer is no. From what I played. From that first hour, there's no hook besides VR. Okay. And so for you, Kyle Bossman, when, when you're playing it, it's yeah. just being on this planet, being able to look around, that's enough to kind of pull you through this experience. I spent a lot of time, they have these little destructible uh, puffs of stone that mm-hmm. like steam comes out of them. I spent a lot of time just shooting those because they're destructible. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's very fun <coughs> to feel like you have it, like this cool sci-fi machine gun with infinite bullets is right. so fun. You have one gun with unlimited ammo the whole time? Uh, I got a shotgun upgrade within that first hour. How is it? It's very cool, especially for just blasting bugs. Nice. It feels so good. And again, if we're just talking about a regular game and we're talking about, oh, you have a shotgun you can blast bugs with, that's like, oh, come on, man. Right. But in VR, it's this whole other game. It's this whole other thing, yeah. Uh, Talking (laughs) about the enemies a little bit. Yeah. Thinking about first-person shooters in VR, a question that I would have is the balance of the enemies because I think if you just... If you make them just normal first-person shooter enemies, you don't you don't play a first-person shooter in VR. I wouldn't think like you would regularly because like regularly we're used to playing first-person shooters. We can react to a lot of things happening to us at once. Whereas in VR, I think you you process a little bit slower. The movement doesn't feel natural quite away. But if you go too simple, then it's just then it's just a boring shooting gallery. And so, do the enemies feel threatening without being frustrating? Yes, the enemies okay. are actually cool because they're okay. little bugs. They scamper. They will try to survive. They will hide behind rocks, which is very cool in VR yeah. because you have this complete freedom of the your your own perspective. Yeah. And so it, I actually, I like the enemies. You don't have to feel bad for shooting them ever. They're just nasty little bugs. Did you ever have a moment with one of these nasty little bugs where they were hiding behind a rock and you like peered over the rock and shot them? Like, ha Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And okay. it's fun. And you can you shoot enemies from far away because mm-hmm. you've noticed them, which is fun. Awesome. Uh, you can sidestep a bug that's jumping at you. That feels so good. Is it? Are you saying like it's a it's a sidestep like button that you push and then yeah. your character does it? But you can also lean. Okay, right, which right, right. is sick. Mm-hmm. That's such an interesting That's cool. thing. Whoa. For sure. Yeah, and then have it fly by. That's cool. Uh, yeah, it's cool. There there are cool elements to it, but I can't give a fair review of the game because I, I can't put myself through it. Okay. Basically, I want to give it a shot. You know, see legs. Uh, finally, uh, I do want to talk really quickly about Werewolves Within, which came out a long time mm-hmm. ago. Uh, it's what? a social game. Okay. So Werewolves Within is like a tabletop game. It's like Mafia. I mean, it's like a werewolf game. I actually played it before uh, where everyone is secretly assigned a role. Somebody is secretly a werewolf. And the point of the game is to talk to each other, to discuss as a group who is the werewolf and who we have to kill lest we be killed by the werewolf. Mm -hmm. It's very fun in real life. To me, I'm not feeling it in VR. And I know a lot of people did. A lot of people really expected me to like this game and to be like a troll and have a really good time. And honestly, it was a fun stream when I streamed it uh, because of the interactions between people. But uh, personally, you know, the things I look for out of games, this isn't it. Uh, you know, I don't even like multiplayer Wait, is games. It online you play? Oh, yeah. So everyone has VR online. Everyone has VR. To, okay. to me, what would make that not fun with strangers is with a, with a group of friends, I feel like you could tell them like, hey, no, let's like let's do it this way or come on. Yeah. Whereas online, you feel like doing that would be rude or like it would be hard to coordinate. Nobody so you, was scared of being rude. I'll say okay, that. There okay. was nobody was scared yeah. of being rude online. But, but was that yeah. hard for you? Like, did that get annoying? Just, oh, yeah. yeah. It's going to be that every single time. Uh-huh. And... 
the way that they have so many, they have extra roles. You know, there's a person who can look up in the stars and get hints, and there's a person who can look at the other th- down on the ground and get hints. Mm. And there's multi- there's somebody who's like a a backstabber, not necessarily a werewolf, but working for the werewolves and trying to get killed. And if that person gets killed, they win. They yeah. added so many complicated rules to it that honestly, it almost comes out to a draw. I don't mm. believe that anyone can become skilled at that game on their own i honestly think it's kind of a game where it's just like you win 50 50 and you have a good time interacting with people which is fun if you love interacting with people which i don't fair enough yeah fair enough Kyle. uh the game itself the rules and the rules and everything isn't interesting enough to drive me to play more of that game so I but wanna... it is really interesting in vr again yeah so so what specifically about the vr element enhances that or makes it better it's crazy it tracks where everybody's looking Okay. And so if we're sitting in a round table and I'm choosing to look over at Huber, mm-hmm. my avatar is, and you can Whoa. feel that character looking at That's you freaky. and bobbing their heads. And it's so strange. That and the freaky. voice is coming. Yeah, it is. It's honestly very freaky. Uh, it, it is a more intimate interaction than you have with almost yeah. any other game. It sounds like just because you have to be so aware of your body language, it, it also sounds exhausting. I feel like I would do a game of this and then just be like, okay, I need to, to take a step away. Yeah. Because that idea of VR, too, just being in... You're in that room with these people. Yeah. Right. That is freaky. You yeah, like yeah. feel their energy, and you like like you said, you feel them looking at you. Yeah. I just want to take it off and be like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> get away from me. Yeah. Felt good to get <laughs> off. Felt good to be back in my living room. Yeah. Uh, the other one I want to talk about is Starblood Arena. Uh, this we got a code for. Another one. I did not pay for a Starblood <laughs> Arena. Uh, we're almost within did for the record. I don't know. You have to do that for when you did buy. You don't. Okay. So, anyway, Starblood Arena... Uh, mm-hmm. That game uh, is weird. It's definitely focused on being a multiplayer shooter in a, inside of a big 3D space. Yeah. And so controlling a spaceship in 3D is very cool, especially if you imagine just you're in a small, compact space and you are all fighting each other, dogfighting style. When I played it, I think a week after launch, there was nobody online. It was gone. It was empty. And so there's only the single-player mode. And then um, I got to a certain point in the single-player mode where it's like... Uh, play this version of capture the flag or, or or no it was like defend this point and it became impossible to defend the point and so there's really just nothing to do left in the game which stinks yeah it's very very fun to fly around in three space 3d space it's practical you can do it i just don't think this was the application for it i i wonder how easy it is to find a game of e valkyrie as well. Yeah, yeah. I wonder the same. Or or Briggs is another one. You know what's good is uh, Werewolves Within was e- pretty easy. It oh, didn't okay. take too long. Uh, Eagle Flight it didn't take too long when I was playing that, though I don't know if that's the same today, because those are you can play with PC people as well. Those Ubisoft mm. games. Gotcha. So with Star Trek, I assume they'll be able to play with PC people as well, and okay. I think that's strong. I think that's a good idea. Very important. That's my VR report. Yeah, nice. it's just it's still frustrating that you wanted to give this game a shot and couldn't because you can't find a game. Yeah, yeah, it would be. I think that game would actually be fun to play online and see how good other people are. Mm-hmm. A lot less fun with bots. Have you been playing anything outside of the VR realm that you are excited about? In the actual realm, In the yes. Actual realm. Um, yeah, Fire Emblem Echoes: yeah! Shadows of Valentia. Oh. I was looking forward to this show for a lot of reasons, but yes. that's uh, one of the number one reasons. Oh, Ben. Because you've played a lot of Fire Emblem Echoes. This got me almost immediately, dude. Okay. I'm just, I've been in it. See, it didn't It didn't get me immediately. It took me a bit. Mm-hmm. What was it about the beginning of the game that grabbed you? Uh, Well, you're, as a 
child running in a field mm-hmm. and just having that little right analog nub uh, on a 3ds uh new 3ds that's mm-hmm. like i love that little nub but anyway i think yeah even then ben is like oh come on right let me fight let right. me get experience points so i'm actually building towards something right that first fight i it's just i love fire emblem mm-hmm. i love the way the game's designed it's part yeah. of why i hated heroes so much i think is just because of how much i really do like the game mm-hmm. uh there's just something about it, Ben. Something about caring about your units. Yeah. That each of these units is a character you care about. And the strategies you design, the emphasis you put on any particular class, and the response you need to have, and the weight. Yeah. Just having that character, if you die, you're dead. Uh, is high stakes. High stakes. Yeah. yeah. And so you care about your moves. And Valentia adds the most beautiful thing. Yeah. So you... From Game Boy Advance uh, on, you get super used to uh, start select LR, uh, which is reset, because you die. A unit dies, you're like, okay, start select LR. Yep. Um, you just can't handle it. Yeah, that's yeah. Fire Emblem. That's like uh, that's that's what I was so used to. Um, it adds this thing called the oh, what is the Miller's turn wheel. Miller's turn wheel. Yeah. So this lets you take a turn back. And it's quantified. You don't. You only have so many turns you can take mm-hmm. back per battle, and you can actually add more turns you can take back in a battle. Uh, I love it. It's start select LR, but without the like that heavy cost. Yeah. And another thing that I love is how you get more turns for it. I mean, they're they're not hard to find, but rather mm-hmm. than you just getting uh, an extra cog to get another time that you can rewind, you, you find it in the world. Yes. And so you you, you have the oh, sense that's of really like, cool. it's really, I want to go to these places, towns, yeah. and I want to go to all of these houses, and I want to poke around, and I want to talk to these people. And that's that's just one extra thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a finite amount of these through the whole game. Then? Yeah, and yep, I think yep, yep. Okay. I think a lot of people that's really cool. That, that's so cool that haven't played the game yet, in my opinion, are sort of jumping to the conclusion like, oh, this ruins the challenge of Fire Emblem. I don't think so. I think Echoes mm-hmm. uh, is a hard game. Yeah, it yeah. absolutely is. Yeah, because yeah, using one of those seems like that the big resource, an expensive resource. Mm-hmm. So turning back a turn is no no joke. Yeah, and yeah. sometimes like, do you really think about it hard. What, will some would you sometimes have a unit die and you don't turn it back? Yes, because you're like, dude, I I just gotta save these. Like I can't get out of this situation. Yeah, That's there cool. there was one battle bend where I lost three units, and I was like, you know what? I don't think I could have done that done that better. Oh man, um, I should say I should say. Fortunately, there is in this game a way to bring those units back to life. There is, yes. Yep. Um, I don't. I don't want to go into too many specifics about yeah. how to do that, but yeah, mm. there is there is a way to bring units back. To but life. it still has stakes. Oh yeah, because I'm yeah. out. I've I've revived those three units. That well, source is gone. You, I will not be able to revive okay. any units any ever again. Okay. Right. And the thing is, is with, with with the limited number of turns, there are only so many mistakes that you can make, and you you get to a point where the 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 situations get so knotted that you pretty much like have to go back to the beginning, and there's no guarantee that you're not going to get into another bad situation again. And so yeah. it's like. Hey, you really only have a limited amount of times that you can do this. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just gonna have to reload that save, like like, it's back like in the time travel. And I've definitely lost. I've reloaded saves. I was like, you know yep. what? I need to prepare better for this fight. I need to rearrange who has what items and stuff like that. It, that happens as well. Yeah, and it, it should be said about echoes. Like these fights are long. These yes. are not five minute, ten minute fights. Mm-hmm. You have fights uh, crossing the thirty minute mark. Yes. Um, echoes throws a lot of dudes at you. A lot of dudes. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you were talking about the presentation, and I want to go back to that really quick. Yes. Um, because this is a gorgeous game. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's 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 just the art, the character. I, I think I love every every party member. I love their character design. 
Um, I don't think I've been able to, I wasn't able to say about Fates or Awakening. And just the presentation as a whole, I mean, like you said, when you boot up the game, you see Almond Celica running through the field and how gorgeous that looks. And you have these in-game cutscenes, you have these animated cutscenes. Yeah. Um, you have these gorgeous, you have these really, I, not everybody the likes the sprites. Yeah. Uh, I like the Does sprites. Does Kyle like the sprites? I love the, the good sprites. Um, Everything's clearly communicated on the sprites. <laughs> you know exactly what y- each unit is from, what, 18 by 18 sprites? You right. You know, like pixels? It's yeah. Like, it's really good. Right. And then just the combat animations themselves. I mean these characters aren't attacking the same way every single time. And it's not just crits that have different attack animations. You have, mm-hmm. I want to show you Valbar. He, he, he's, he's my favorite. Uh, for you, I think you would really like Valbar. He's <laughs> like just his this, name. Ben, yeah, that he's, zero resistance though. Zero oh, yeah, that's, resistance. But that's the thing. That's my style. Big, yeah. <laughs> so he, yeah, he's weak Heck against yeah. magic. He's very yeah, weak magic. But he yeah. can take physical hits all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big, Perfect. big Valbar. Big dude. knight becomes, becomes a baron. Yeah. yeah. Um, awesome. But yeah, I mean, he'll you give him a spear. He'll you know poke at the spear. He'll flip it around. He has the, if you, he'll charge forward and like tackle. Oh, people. I love the, the yeah. charge. Yes. That's such a good one. Yeah, um, and I get to a point, especially if it's a tough battle, and I I am having to rewind or I am having to restart. Mm-hmm. I, I feel that urge to turn off combat animations, but I always feel guilty because they are so good. Uh, definitely in in caves, which we haven't yeah. talked about yet. Mm-hmm. Animations off. Yeah. So there's like there's basically random battles yeah, in caves you now. You can this. explore caves, which is yeah. really cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Those animations can't be on all the time. They're great. They mm-hmm. add a lot of content. What? It, ben, sorry to go back before no, we okay. talk about caves. Yeah. Just Huber, you're on this over overworld map, you know, and it's kind of like this two dimensional thing. When you go into battle, the camera from above drops down in, and you realize that each map is fully rendered in 3D. Mm-hmm. It, and it's just so cool. It is the context. They are where they appear to be on the map. Yeah. As opposed to just a randomly generated background. It's very, very cool. I love that. Um, Kyle, what I ended up doing, and it took, I don't know why, I just like missed the option. I guess I wasn't poking around enough, but eventually I figured out that you can, because the the battles that you're getting into in dungeons are just pretty straightforward, it's it's these enemies up top and you guys at the bottom, and yeah. they're usually not very strong. They're usually pretty simple to get through. I was just auto-battling, so you can you can just have your characters like charge forward. I got and, in trouble for that once and never did it again. Okay, okay. Is that pretty <laughs> effective, the auto-battles? It was pretty effective for me, yeah. but I was doing a lot of fights. Cool. And so by the time I was using the auto battle, I felt pretty uh, pretty leveled up. And man, yeah. those promotions mm-hmm. are just, they're so, 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 so good in this game. I, I think especially um, because you don't have the weapon triangle. So there's this, there's this mercenary class. They're quick. Um, and they have very high speed, which means they, they usually get to double attack everything. The last tier that you promote them to is the Dreadfighter. Yes. And uh, they once they're dread fighters, they have a skill where they take uh, half damage from magic. And, so you just and, be like, and the resistance goes up by five too. Right, I think right. on top nice. of that, yeah, they become you, magic killers. Yes. They're so nice. cool. They just run in. I love and their animations. Their are animations are amazing. They're yeah. like darting around, cut, so cool. doing flips, and, and they stuff. have this cool ring of fire yes. behind their head. It's oh, so yeah. And when you, sorry, I just get excited. When yeah. you get a crit, uh, they'll like do this, yeah. and then they'll go in and just. Wreckham, it's yes. great. The it's number great. one requested game for me to play from the Easy Allies community is Fire Emblem No way. Awakenings. Really? Awakening, yeah. So many times. Huh. So many people, so many times. Huber, you would love this. Gotta play this, gotta play this, gotta play this. I, it might be the characters too, Huber, that why they say that is because like Valbar, this guy, you know what I mean? He's not just a knight who has cool animations, but... The characters talk to each other on the battlefield too. Yeah. I love this. Yeah. You have mm-hmm. opportunities. Certain characters have different interactions with each other. 
and uh, it's just like after they have a fight, you can see like a little thing go boop, beep, and uh, that means that they like they respect each other more nice. after that. They like each other more, and then once that once that at a certain level, you can unlock a conversation between the two of them. Persona style. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's so cool. It's <laughs> cool. And then beyond that, when you're exploring in environments, when you go yes. to a village, you can talk to people individually as well. Yes. We didn't talk about voice acting, which is really good. It's really, really good. They cared about it. Yes. So pretty almost, almost every single interaction in the game is voiced. That is, it's the only Fire Emblem yeah. game to do this. And so even even the the, the the villages that you're talking to, when they're complaining about something, when they're complaining yeah. about these, these pirates that are messing up their lives uh, in the harbor, you get that scene fully voiced. You hear their emotion. And that, Kyle, this was a big sticking point for me in the review, mm-hmm. is the world building of Echoes. Yeah. Um, I feel like... In, in other Fire Emblem games that I played, I didn't have as strong of a sense of the world. Like, I knew what was going on with these characters. The characters were really developed. I got a sense of, like, the central conflict. But I love in Echoes how I can go and see how, okay, this... Uh, Sophian is is thinking about the war, and then, and then we go north, and then we're in Regal, and we're seeing how they're dealing with the war, and it just it makes it feel connected. It's not just like a bunch of fight sticks together. It's like no, there's a reason why we're fighting here specifically. Mm-hmm. As someone who hasn't really played Fire Emblem, it's was confusing because I saw this game, and I think Damiani kind of like shrugged it off or something. Valencia, it's, yeah, or, the Echoes, mm-hmm. saying yeah. it's like a remake or a. It is. Okay, yeah, so I was I th- I thought this was just going to be like oh it's a handheld kind of like spin-off, but the way you guys are raving about it, yeah, it's like were... the real deal, like this is the new Fire Emblem. Yeah, it's weird. No, well, it's it's weird because like a lot of the things that are in Echoes are not necessarily going to be in the next Fire Emblem mm-hmm. game. Gaiden Gaiden was a weird game that did a bunch of things differently. Like we we talk about the absence of this weapon triangle. This is the first time in North America where a Fire Emblem game hasn't had that. Mm. Or like when you're casting magic, that magic, almost all of it, uh, costs health. That's a weird thing. That's I like the, that. Yeah. That's cool. Oh, it's a great that's because a cool mechanic. Traditionally, the way Fire Emblem works, Huber, is every item has limited amount of uses. Right. Yeah. Your sword will just break after a certain amount of right. uses. Your, yeah. your spell book will break after a certain amount of uses. Mm-hmm. And so instead of that, this says HP goes down for if you use magic. Mm-hmm. Or if you're holding a sword, that's the only thing you can hold. Mm-hmm. You can't hold a shield cool. or you can't hold a stat-boosting item because you're decided to hold yep. a sword. Yeah. Yep. That seems like a really good balance. Cause it I'm is. Because I'm it always is. saying magic is OP. Yeah. Why can they do more damage from farther away? Yeah. What's it, the deal? You have to pay They're nuking price. people. Yeah. They're nuking everyone. They're right. a mile away th- slinging spells. And so The I guy that, has yeah. to get close with the melee weapon. And by that time, he's probably dead. Mm-hmm. And then he's doing damage that like isn't even as much as they're doing from a mile back. Yeah. I like that, that yes. they lose health. Yeah. Awesome. It is. Yes. Uh. And, and I like it because, especially early on, especially when you haven't like fully promoted your units, it means that, like, no, these characters have weaknesses that you can't... You can't, you can't just, like throw on OP items to to get over this. Like, if you put them in a bad... If you put them in a situation that they're weak against, they're gonna die. Yes. And I like that so much. Magicians are very soft. Nice. Yeah. yeah. As they should be, yep. but they can do a ton of damage. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's what I like. Yeah. And another yeah. thing about this game, speaking of magicians, that is super cool, is... Uh, at first, so there are two main characters. There's Alm and Selica, and they have two different armies. And so you start out playing as Alm, and then you switch to Selica, and then later on, you can switch between them freely. 
And their armies feel so different. Selica's army at the beginning is basically just a bunch of mages. Mm. And that's very, very, very different from Alm's army unless you make all of the villagers mages for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's really cool because it, you when you're switching between the two armies, you're like, oh, I wish I had this character who had this skill, but mm. you don't. And so... Uh, it keeps you on your toes, which I really like a lot. And Ben, it is cool actually that those two armies do feel different. Yeah, I love that. Yep, it'd be very easy to just make them like, hey, just play the same game. This one has mages. This one has mages. But yeah, it, they do feel differently, which yep. is cool. Definitely. Um, so do you like it more than Awakenings? Um, or Awakening. So Awakening or Awakening. A one Awakening. Awakening. Um, I really, I really like the characters in Wake, Awakening a lot. And Awakening is a weird game for me to say like how I feel about it or how good it is because when I played Awakening. I didn't play Path of Radiance or Radiant Dawn. And so the last Fire Emblem game I played was Sacred Stones and the GBA. So it had been such a long time. And there were so many new things um, in Fire Emblem Awakening. And those new things have become very synonymous with Fire Emblem. Um, marrying units, having child units, having relationships with those children, pairing up units. You can't pair up units in so Echoes. And so all of that newness and the fact that I hadn't played Fire Emblem so in so long, I think really made me love it. Uh, but I, there's a thing about Awakening that I remember. Again, I just I played a normal and classic, like permadeath, basically, and I remember just breezing through, like mm. not struggling at all. You could you could power up like three fight. units. Yes, and they would, those you can. three units would have a good time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I played for review. I played through Fire Emblem Echoes on normal, and I really haven't messed around with hard yet. I yeah. just because I like it so much, I want to go back and play hard. But I have not played hard yet. But man, like even on normal. That game will punish you if you're not thinking about it. Like it is a, it is a strategy game. Sick. Yeah, good. I love strategy. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, it, it, Huber, it compares very well, which is cool because you're right. It's easy to phone in a remake. Mm-hmm. Just like oh, it's a remake. But mm-hmm. for, yeah, I kind of wrote it off. I didn't know that it was like a brand new Fire Emblem game for mm-hmm. you guys. It's yeah. like whoa. Okay. And, and what's weird is the quirks <laughs> they they kept. They could have just said no, no, no. We're gonna use the Awakening right. engine. We'll just make it like Awakening was. They decided right. to honor that game that is the weird the weird Fire Emblem. And they honored That's it in cool. such a weird way in that they like respected entirely. And they said, let's make this work. Yep. Let's make the exploration work. Because they released Shadow Dragon on DS, which we got, which was a remake oh, yeah. of the original Fire Emblem, which we didn't get. And they put the weapon triangle in that. Mm. And so I do really respect, like, it, it looks great. The localization is so good. Yeah. Like, the story of all of these characters, like, you end up, there are characters, the way characters are introduced in Fire Emblem Echoes, it happens... Uh, occasionally where it's just like, oh, can I join you? Like, you, you, they're just, they look like any other villager and you talk to them and they're like, hey, you seem cool, can I join? It's very abrupt. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, oh, they're just probably going to be throwaway. Mm-hmm. But then you go deeper into the support conversations and you learn about them and you're like, oh, there's actually something here. You actually did take the time to develop them. Um, and, and then so when cool. they're on their team and they, they connect to another party member you would never expected them to, that's the most fun in the world. And then they die and you're just like, dude, yeah. no. And then they die and you're like, dude, no, absolutely. <laughs> it's hard though, because you are you haven't really played Fire Emblem yeah. before and it's hard for me. And Kyle, I want your opinion on this. Yeah. Because um, like I said, I think Fire Emblem Awakening is an easier game to get through. And I think it will maybe give you a better sense of where modern Fire Emblem is right now. Echoes is so good, mm-hmm. but it's it's. I think because of its difficulty and because of its quirkiness, maybe it's a little bit harder to get into. What do you think? It's. I would say. I would say go with Echoes. Okay. I, ben, there's things that I'll miss in in future Fire Emblem games. 
I'll miss going to a village and not it being one screen. You know, yeah, I, absolutely. Like, absolutely. Other games, you go to a village most. and you have one conversation and you leave the village. Yep. Is traditionally what Fire Emblem is like. And the fact that it costs HP to cast magic. Yeah, has me on board. Honestly, I love that. <laughs> I love that so much because you you have that learning moment, or at least I had that learning moment mm-hmm. where you're like, yeah, okay, spells cost HP, whatever. I'll. Uh, I'll just cast this magic I need to cast, and then a guy will come up and he'll do just the amount of damage mm-hmm. that he needs to do after you lost that HP from oh, that spell, and you're yeah. like, oh, no, wait, like, I have to think about this. I need to yeah. heal those people after they ca- cast oh, yeah. uh, their spells. Yeah. Here, you'll be, like, half dead after some spells. Mm-hmm. They'll just take half your life to yep. cast it. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> but they're always really powerful, I assume, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. But I mean, there's also enemies oh! with strong resistances, and those magicians can't do anything to them. Dang. Yeah, uh, we have to talk about the economy because I, this is a part of Fire Emblem Echoes that I actually don't think has been talked about or praised very much. That I think is very good. Economies I, are never praised, and I'm sick and tired of it. The the economy. <laughs> Nobody cares. Yeah. And when you really dive into one that is right. really taken care of in a game world, it it makes the entire game better. It's super good, Huber. Awesome. And, Okay, so it's it's extremely simple, but you get two coins, basically, silver coins and gold coins, and those upgrade your weapons. And because you can only hold one item at a time, what you choose, like, things are so expensive when you're upgrading mm-hmm. that you can't, it's, it's really hard to give everybody their most powerful or most upgraded version of the weapon that they have, and so you have to pick and choose. But it means something when you do a battle yes. and you get a silver coin purse, or when you're in a dungeon and you break an object and you get just one coin, and you're yeah. like, oh, okay, nice. that's, that's contributing that to the total. Oh, or yes. when you're exploring a town and you yes. notice something in the corner and you pick it, and you're like, oh, that's a bag of money. Um, it's... It's really, really cool. Um, you also have to make a decision. You can either, like, there are going to be points where you can either upgrade a weapon or you can change it into a different weapon. Yeah. But there are question marks and in, to what you can change it to. It's and gambling. so you don't know. Mm-hmm. And so you're spending currency. And you also get rusty shields and rusty weapons. And you don't know what they're going to turn into, but you have to spend a little bit of money oh. to see what they are. Yeah. I love that. It's a sacrifice. I love, too. I love when economies are so strong. In games, not spending any money. I love just hanging on for dear life as long as humanly possible and just saving and saving and saving and trying to get through these battles and just getting through by the hair on your cheek or whatever that term is. Hair on your chin, chin, you know? Um, uh, Skin of your teeth. Skin of your teeth. Not by the hair on my chinny chin chin is a whole other weird thing, right? Uh, (laughs) Ben, there was, I spent like 15 minutes uh, maxing things out, seeing where they go and then resetting and then seeing what else I could max out because one of the swords I maxed out had a hidden question mark option once you fill it up and then it's like, oh, I could turn that into that instead and then it was a sick sword. And so, yeah, you do. You have to choose. I think I'm pretty close to the end right now. I did not come close to maxing out three weapons. We didn't even, we didn't even talk about um, skills. Yes. So in other Fire Emblem games, uh, as your character gains experience and level up, they'll get they'll get additional skills. Uh, pretty typical. Fire Emblem Echoes, skills are tied to weapons and weapon use. So if you give somebody an iron sword, in order to unlock the skills for the iron sword, they have to be using it for a while. Yeah. And you don't know if like if you're 
if you haven't used the weapon a bunch before, you don't know what those skills are going to be. And so you see, a, like, a huge secret weapon. You're like, oh, the skills have to be so cool for that, which is why I'm using it right now. Right. Oh, my goodness. So just using the weapon kind of levels up your skill with it. You don't yeah. put, X, like, Dragon Quest Eight. you put no, you points don't. into right. no, swords. It's, it's, yeah, it's yeah. just, okay, okay I've, been, I've been fighting with this weapon. A leader cool. is slowly filling up. Cool. And is that on the particular weapon or the character? It's on the particular weapon. Okay. Oh, well, it's for, it's... That character's experience with that weapon. So, cool. like, if you have one character, say you have Gray, who's been using an iron sword, mm-hmm. um, and he gets that all the way up to where he has all the skills unlocked for that sword, um, if you suddenly give that sword to somebody else and they haven't been using iron swords, they won't get those skills. Cool. You know what they are, but you have to put in the time to yeah. get there. Cool. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, these are all... Everything you guys have said about this game, all of the, the economy, mm-hmm. the difficulty, the characters... Uh, the exploration, everything is what I love in video games. This yeah. game sounds yeah. awesome. It's crazy, dude. This game sounds really awesome. I was up till 5 a.m. I was up till daylight Dang. playing this game. It sucked. Oh. When the sun comes up, you're like, what am I doing? <laughs> what am I doing here? I got to finish it. I got to finish it so I can move on and do other things in my life. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how much value there is in saying this, but I just need to say it. Mm-hmm. And I, Kyle... You were loving it as much as I hope you would, and I'm glad that this is the tone of this conversation. Because when I was playing Fire Emblem Echoes at like one in the morning, yeah, I just had a moment where I like I just I I didn't completely put the 3ds down, but I kind of lowered it in my lap, and I go, I love Fire Emblem. Yeah, Fire Emblem <laughs> is great, mm-hmm. and it's always good to just to just rekindle that that enthusiasm for something. And man. It's very good. It's very, very good. good. Awesome. Ben, who's your who's your favorite character? Uh, I'm sorry to reduce it to this, but Okay. All right, I can do this, Ben. My favorite character in the Alm party is Gray. That is mine as well. And Claire. Gray and Claire. Oh, no, it's it's Claire. No, it Yeah, it's Claire. It's Claire. Mine is Claire. And my favorite Character in the Celica party, Sonia and Jenny. I thought you were going to say wow. Sonia and Jax. So, yeah. oh, uh, I did not get Sonia. Yeah. Ben, I made. That's all I can say. I made a choice deliberate, like, oh, I'm probably going to get Sonia if I'd make this choice. Mm hmm. So you got some other weirdo. Sounds intense. Uh, do you like that weirdo? Is that also a cool character? Yes, I cool. liked him. Uh, I liked him, but I now I'm curious about Sonya. Yeah, yeah. Uh, May is my favorite on the Celica side. Who's the guy with gray hair too? He's sick. He's my my dread uh, knight. The dread knight, the gray hair. I'm thinking of he's one of Alm's buddies. Oh, uh, it begins with a K. Yeah. Is it Cliff or Chris? It's Cliff. It's Cliff. Nice, ben. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Cliff yeah, yeah. with a K. He's any anybody who's arrogant in a Fire Emblem character, I'm drawn to. So it's it's <laughs> weird. You finish a fight like too easy. I'm like, yeah, this is cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird because Fire Emblem too Heroes easy, has put characters from Echoes in those villagers and they've given them classes. Yeah. And there have been kind of like wink wink nod nod. Like these are supposed to be the canon classes. Cliff was my archer and he oh, was okay. amazing. Cool. Um but I think there are hints that like He's supposed to be a mage or is canonically a mage or something like that. Oh, weird. No, yeah. for me, he's just a total cool sword fighter. 
his, Which is fun, his right? smugness. The reason why I picked him as an archer mm-hmm. is because his smugness of like hitting somebody from very far away and just being like, I got this is just <laughs> 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 um, the worst. Yeah, it's so fun. There is uh, there's another point that I want to bring up about Alm and sure. why I was not sold on Fireman Echoes, especially the story early on, is Alm is very much a character that boy you've seen a lot. Mm. He is somebody kind of raised in a village as a peasant and he just sort of like rises to power, becomes the leader. Uh, People expect a lot from him and, you know, sort of that rags to riches, you were the chosen one. A lot of those themes uh, are in Fire Emblem Echoes. But what I like about Alm that wasn't in um, Fire Emblem Fates with Corrin at all uh, is people question Alm. Yeah. There's, 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 there's a character, uh, named Clive specifically, who goes through a lot of doubt with like, man, are we really making the right choice giving him all of this power? And what I like about Alm is there are moments where he even questions himself. It's not like... It's not like a bad JRPG character, like I'm going to wallow in self-pity kind of doubt. It's a very real, like, wait a minute, let me just take a moment. Am I making the right decision? And I thought that was a nice touch. And again, I think is a testament uh, to the, the quality of the localization in this game too it's very very good yeah a4 killing it yeah best in the biz nice i could talk about this game sick the rest of the time yeah it's awesome Um, it's very good uber uh let me do one more i I thought of a quick update okay because we're talking about late night game sessions Mm. yeah 5 a.m games it's 10 p.m our time get a text from my mother that just says eight lasers exclamation point she lives on the east coast it's 1 a.m her time She's eight lasers deep into the witness. How many? I think if I'm remembering collect correctly, she was like six or seven the last time we checked. She in. was less than that. She had a that was, like, that was a huge leap forward for her. That was huge. Okay. She showed up with eight lasers. Wow. Suddenly. Yeah. Connecting the dots. I would just be beaming with pride. I am. You. Okay. That's I'm awesome, like, oh. Kyle. I was like, Mom, you're so close. You're That's, almost there. She's yeah. like, No, I'm not so close. I gotta go under the windmill. <laughs> I gotta go back to the greenhouse. I I feel so far away. It's like, yeah. Okay, all right, take your time. That's awesome. She's still plugging into that game. I'm so proud. I, so cool. I don't know what your mother does for a living, but mm-hmm. I'd like to pretend that like she's just at work and the witness is just creeping in. She has like she has just like little epiphanies of like ah, tonight I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna try this. Uh she did text me drawings she had at her desk, at her work desk of like She's doodling of witness stuff. Yeah. 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 So cool. It's grabbed her. That's awesome. And yeah, I, we should move on here. I, I see your time too over there. Uh uh I do wanna say Edith Finch I think I'm going to think of at the end of the year when I'm thinking of my favorite games I've played. Hell yeah. Uh, I really, I really too. like that game. It's a lot of the things that I love in the games that I love. They're, it's all present in there. And so I do want to add on top and say I very much like that game. So, Kyle, I know you. I know you. Huber knows you. We know what you like. And I mm-hmm. think a lot of our audience members know what you like in games. When you say Edith Finch has a lot of the things that I love, what do you mean? There's a world presented in Edith Finch. Mm-hmm. It, and that world's, that house isn't a bunch of platforms, it, but it is super fun to explore. And when I talk about Nog, about like switching things over and swinging things open and finding secrets and just all of those things, it's not in, like the house is entirely impractical, right? Mm-hmm. But it's just that it's made in this way that it is a video game. It is fun to explore this area, but it also feels like a house. The way it feels like a house makes those things so interesting. It's, it's a, it's, it's weird. It's not a joyful game, but it's just so fun to be in there yeah. to explore that game. 
video games are weird because they, they can be fun and sad simultaneously. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. that is uh, Edith Finch. I very, very much like that game. <laughs> uh, did you play The Unfinished Swan? Yes. Do you like Edith Finch better? Oh, yeah. Big time. Why do you think that is? Uh, <sighs> Story. Yeah, it's the completeness. Yes. It's the completeness, for yes. sure. It, it, it's, 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 it's like a little it's no, more. novella. It's, it's the full package. Yep. This is all Beginning, very convincingly end. connected. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. I like these quick hits. Do yeah, we have any quick more hits. quick hits that we want to get through? Oh, I think I had one more quick hit. We've got, uh, I think what you might be thinking of is Comico. Do you want to talk about Comico? Yeah. Okay. No, you know what? No. Okay. We don't want to talk about Comico. Pretty good. Very cheap. If you're looking for a Switch game that's super cheap and super short, yeah, Comico One Night. It's from the same team. They, they reuse assets, actually, from uh, Fairune 2. Mm-hmm. You know, I talked about that game on this yeah. podcast. I saw those in the screenshots, and I'm like, oh, I should get this game. And, you know, it's kind of fun. Not as fun as Fairune 2, but it's a fun, cheap game. Okay. Uh, I have Marvel Heroes Omega written down. You want to talk about Marvel Heroes? Huber, let's co-op this. Just co-op. kick us off. Kick us off. Uh, a game where you can play as Blade in 2017. Mm-hmm. That drew me to Marvel Heroes Omega. And because I'm in the Marvel mode right now, you know, <laughs> I just saw Guardians 2. I've been in yeah. the Marvel I've been in the Marvel mode since like Avengers 1. Like mm-hmm. I'm so all, all in on the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like it, it just gets me excited, you know. Guardians Two is sick, by the way. I it's like my favorite movie this year. It's really, it, oh. it touched my heart yeah. in ways I was not expecting. Uh-huh. Yeah, like I I'm so, thinking about Guardians Two like gets me emotional. Gives yeah. me chills. Uh, and it was just so enjoyable to watch. It's just such a, such an easy. It's an easy watch, but it also is affecting. That script. Yeah. You're working hard on that script, and yeah. I can tell. We can tell. We can, we can, we can absolutely we can see the work. tell. You we, can see the work the that they've been putting in. The comes through. Yeah. Uh, not to mention S.H.I.E.L.D. You hear me rave about that like every time I'm on camera. Uh, I, don't, I don't mean to take away from, from Guardians, but I did mm-hmm. have a question about Marvel Heroes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what you're saying is you could play as Blade in yes. 2017. I feel, yes. like, I feel like you just kind of turned back the clock for me yeah. because I remember having conversations with my friends about licensed... Uh, superhero games would be like, yeah, but you can play as this guy. Yes. However, that's why I got the Matrix game. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Enter the, ma- enter the yeah. Matrix. Yeah, enter the Matrix. <laughs> well, uh, did you- Never mind. We don't need to go Matrix down that Matrix Online. But uh, a lot of times that would kind of get us in, but then we'd realize, oh, it's not yeah. any fun playing as these people. This isn't any good. This is a good blade. What makes it a good blade? Blade has a shotgun, and it is. It has no business being as satisfying as it is. It feels good to shoot things with a shotgun in this like isometric dungeon crawler. What yeah. makes it satisfying beyond it, the the inherent satisfying? Nature so you of have a like a you have an ammo cooldown. Yeah. So you have to like you know Blade has his sword, so he he uses his sword. But also if you're like overwhelmed by a group of enemies, mm-hmm. you go to the shotgun. You're blasting them away. It does a ton of damage, and then you run out of ammo, and it's recharging, and then you go back to your sword, and you're, like, cutting them up. How is the voice, and how does it compare to Wesley Snipes? Ooh. Ooh, that's a blow. It's not terrible, but it's not, you know, a lot of reused lines. Uh, This is a free-to-play game. I would Uh, say say the tone, a little cheese. A little cheese on that tone. Yeah. When I think of Marvel, and I say this with affection, I think of a little cheese. Yeah. So what 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 separates? Right. It's not Logan. It's not. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's Marvel. It's good times. But like, Uh you know, he Blade comes in and he's like, Deadpool. I'm not gonna be your Edward 
to your Bella or something. It's like some Twilight joke. It's whoa. Yeah. He's and he said it like three times every time. Deadpool I went back can to make that joke, but Blade can't. That's what's interesting is there are yeah. so many characters and they all have individual interactions with each other. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she Hulk is who I was playing as. Actually, so I started off as Spider Man. Okay. You know I love Spider Man. Yeah. yeah. Like Heber said, oh I get to be Spider Man in a video game. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. I'm having a good time uh, shooting webs at a yeah. large area of people. But there's these big open areas in this game yeah. where it's not even like hub worlds. It's the levels themselves have Chaos. lots of heroes running around. Because there's sections that are instanced off. Yeah. Where it's Wait. just you and your group. But I think you, I know where this is going. Yeah. A lot of Spider-Mans out there. Yep. A lot of Hulks. And so I'd be like, thup, 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 and then another Spider-Man shows up behind me. He's like, thup, yeah. thup, 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 thup. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so then I'm like, fine. I'm going to be She-Hulk. I haven't yeah. seen anybody being She-Hulk. And nobody has. I haven't seen, run into yeah. a She-Hulk. I'm sure they're out there. Uh, I ran into one other blade, though, and my blade yeah. said, there's another blade? <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Did you instantly bond with this person? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was like in the hub, and yeah, he, was, yeah. he was like idle. Okay, so yeah, just another blade. Yeah, okay. and then like I have a motorcycle, but then Ghost Rider has a flaming motorcycle, so he said something about that. I Wolverine has a motorcycle. It was a ridiculous, most ridiculous thing I've seen. He can run fast. He doesn't need one. Yeah, I don't. I mean, know. He has one in like the trilogy, right? Rides a motorcycle. Yeah, yeah. I don't know anything about She Hulk. But I'm really happy that you picked She-Hulk because I remember She-Hulk being a very fun character to play in Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Yeah. Like, she's, just a she's ton a of fun. Yeah. What does She-Hulk do? So, I mean, she's she's got, like, really cool just, like, slamming, just, like, a just hopping up and slamming down, which I use frequently. Mm-hmm. I set it to square and triangle, so I just, like, blap, 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 blap. Most people are dead in four hits. Yeah. Uh, but they also have, like, weird abilities based off the, her, the lawyer aspect of her life. Because She-Hulk has no secret identity. She-Hulk is She-Hulk all day long. Mm-hmm. You go to you go to She-Hulk the attorney. You just go to her office, and there's She-Hulk right there. She'll take your case. So uh, she's got stuff where she just like throws a of like a briefcase at somebody, or like throws a <laughs> folder, and you see papers go all over. Yeah, that's Max Cheese at that point. Yeah, because that briefcase hurts so bad. It's her most powerful attack. Mm-hmm. She just throws it at him, and just like boom, fifteen hundred damage. Yeah. Like all right. Uh, it's cool. It's it's silly. It's a cool g- the uh, the PC version's been out for a long time, a couple yeah. years now. There's way more in the PC version, more characters, more stages, yeah. I'm pretty sure. But uh, Gotta definitely, start small for a free-to-play game. Yeah, free-to-play on, on console. You pay for the characters. You can earn them with in-game currency, and mm-hmm. you start out with, with only a couple. But uh, I, I like that there's a story, obviously, first and foremost. There's like nine chapters. But then when you hit level cap... Uh, like raids open up I'm pretty sure I was like looking in there and there's like uh, I forget what they're called but it seems like there's some end game stuff oh there's crazy end game stuff that is kind of the carrot on the stick to go through so there's like going through the story and also gearing up to do the end game stuff is uh, exactly what you need to gain my interest and keep me engaged for the long haul so two questions uh I remember kind of a lot of the talk before people actually got their hands on Diablo 3 on console is, man, is this gonna is it gonna feel compromised? Is while I'm playing it, am I gonna feel like, man, I just wish I was playing the PC version? How does it feel? How does that game feel like it's on a controller? Feels good. Okay. Like some people would argue that Diablo 3 feels better with a DualShock. Like mm-hmm. Ian likes it more. Ian's a sure. huge mm-hmm. Diablo. He's like Torment 39. <laughs> right. Ian's crazy at Diablo. Yeah. He loves it with the DualShock mm-hmm. as opposed to mouse and keyboard. Uh, I think it feels perfect. It's yeah. great. Yeah. It's good. It's really good. 
How does it compare to outside of the Marvel aspect, which it seems like you guys are enjoying a lot? Yeah. Just, just if you can, removing that as much as possible. What you're doing, where you're fighting, how you're fighting, the abilities you have. How does that compare to not just Diablo, but a lot of other action RPGs? It's it's, it's free worse, to play. It's worse than <laughs> Ultimate Alliance. Go play Ultimate Alliance if you haven't played that yeah. before. Go play X Men yeah. Legends. You know, mm-hmm. it's not better than those games. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm playing it because Huber so strongly encouraged it. Yeah, it's free to play. There's no commitment. Fell into Huber's trap. You know, we were going to, uh, but we were going to stream it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause and I, I think there's there's a good stream with Kyle and I and anyone else yeah. who wants to join waiting. She-Hulk. Yes. Pounding them. Exactly. Here's uh, the thing, though. We talk about Edith Finch and it's just everything I love in video games. Right. This is none of those things. Yeah. But I'm still having a good time. I'm yeah. still playing the game. Well, I, I feel like you, you mentioned Huber specifically and I feel yeah. like there was a psychological trick that was played. Yes. Where I feel like <laughs> you had some inherent reservations about Marvel Heroes. There'd be no way I'd ever play it. Right. Yeah. But Huber just says something like, but this is a game where you can play Blade in 2017, <laughs> and you just you you just let go. There are listeners right like, now who are just downloading the game right, right at this right. moment. It's like they it's like it. it's like you've been free? given permission yeah. to let go <laughs> and just enjoy exactly and not think. Yeah, be free, be free, <laughs> be a superhero. And I smash would things. love if the tagline for Marvel Heroes Omega was "Be, be free. free." It might as well be because yeah. it's free to play too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it works. Oh, we're great. <laughs> Uh, are we ready to move on to Michael Huber's sure. suite of games? It's not many. Yeah, but they're, they're they're important to you. They are. Which which one do you want to talk about first? Uh, Injustice Two. Uh huh. I reviewed it. Yeah. Uh, I love Injustice Two. My God. Yeah. I haven't been. I mean, Mortal Kombat is is my <clears throat> my jam. That's always the fighting game that I gravitate to. Yeah. Uh, because. You know, even in the early days, I go back to the the origins of Mortal Kombat versus Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. And Mortal Kombat was about just doing your special moves. You look at Mortal Kombat 1 and 2, that's all it's about. Do your special moves, punch them a bunch of times, fatality done. Uppercut. Uppercut. Yep. You know, freeze them, get over here. Like, that's what it was all about, whereas yeah. Street Fighter was more combo-based. Mm-hmm. So I just always liked that aspect of, like, I just want to, like, freeze people and uppercut them, you know? Uh, and I just like the the fatalities, obviously. And the you like the spectacle of Mortal Kombat. Totally. The vibes. The, the vibes. vibes, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I may sit here week after week proclaiming my love for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but mm. DC is where my heart is. You know, it's just mm-hmm. at this point in time, 2017, Marvel has stronger properties, if you will. You look at the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you know, we're right. not going to go down this debate. We're not going to go down this road. But there's Marvel that and, uh, you know, even the like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show versus, you know. Powers. Powers. <laughs> but it's a uh, show. so DC, DC is where my heart is. And, you know, this is fusing, you know, Batman into Mortal Kombat, essentially. Sorry, Powerless is what I was thinking of. Powerless. Already the DC canceled. comedy show. Yeah, yeah. Already canceled. Yeah. But Huber. Gotham. You talk about you talk about this fusion of Nether Realm and this DC universe that you love so much. Yeah, this has happened. We had Mortal yeah. Kombat versus DC. We had totally. Injustice One. So what is it about Injustice Two that has you all hot and bothered? First, the story. Uh, to me, it's a high point for Nether Realm. Uh, absolutely, and they've managed to simplify the mechanics. They made it easier to do things in this game, mm-hmm. but not at the expense. Of complexity, 
you still need to be aware of all of these elements, but it's just easier to pull things off. Mm -hmm. It's easier to do your, your moves, easier to do your combos. You know, a lot of combos are three hits. Juggles is where the skill cap really starts to rise. You yep. do some juggles, but even juggles are not that many button inputs yeah. to do these moves. I love that supers is just L2R2. L2R2. You filled up your meter. You want to do a cool super. Yeah. Right. And and just the way they've made the the meter burn the uh, the so you, so you have your meter on the bottom it goes up to f a maximum of four yeah you can use a bar to make your move stronger you can use a bar to roll you can use two bars to get out of an air juggle you can use four bars to do an all or nothing super move or a clash uh, or you can use one to four bars to do a clash to regain health mm -hmm. so just managing that is uh, just this whole other element built into the game that's you know they they had it before but the adding the the roles and the the juggle escapes is new yeah so uh excluding excluding uh projectiles which i'm sure we're going to get into um you justice 2 is one of those games where you can kind of just hit a lot of buttons in a very natural sequence mm -hmm. and and cool things will happen good things will happen you'll do a decent amount of damage but that doesn't necessarily take away from what I consider to be the, the best part of fighting games, which is like, yeah, you can just mash and cool stuff will happen. And if you're playing with people where that's all you want to do, you'll have a good time. But if you have somebody that, that just like blocks and punishes you, like you still, you still be, have to be aware of how you're using those things, even if they're simpler to do. And I Absolutely. think it's very important. Uh, I want to talk about one of the things I love the most, and they have finally made a fighting game like, the most the most accessible single player fighting game in history is yeah. Injustice 2. They've done it with the multiverse, with gear. Uh, this is a fighting game you can you can buy and play for tens tens and tens of hours and never interact with a person online. Mm -hmm. uh, the multiverse, for those that don't know, is like the Living Towers in MKX. They mm -hmm. rotate in and out, and they add just different parameters to fights, and you. You know, there's a there's a heavy RPG element now built into the game. Every fight you do, you level up. Yeah. You get loot boxes. Which I thought was stupid. Which but... a lot of people were like, oh, this is so dumb. You know, I was doubting it. I was like, oh, yeah. no. But yeah. the way it's integrated is so not in your face. And it's not... It, it's... First of all, it's not pay to win because the only microtransactions you can do are for another currency that unlocks skins to earn loot. You need to get the in-game currency called like coins or whatever they're called. Uh, and, and the only way to get those is to just play. Play the game. You yep. get them. And then... Online, in most matches, those are simply cosmetic too. Mm. Your loot. Yeah. If but, you play ranked, yeah, no loot. It's just your look. All your stats are even. Mm -hmm. So if you're super competitive, that yep. stuff does not interfere. Uh, and then if you do like unranked match or the multiverse which is why i love it yeah. because this rpg element with the multiverse yeah is so awesome all the there, there'll be like multiverse battles where it's like joker has taken over like he's a boss fight so he has a ton of health right uh and it'll be like all right use batman to take down the joker so then it makes all my characters important and like building each and every one of them up because some of these fights you have to use certain characters uh, and again, the boss fights, it's like, I got to level up and get good gear. Like I was max level and Joker whooped my ass because yeah. I didn't have like a set of yeah, gear. gear. Yeah. Well, talking about that RPG element, I think it adds 
the gear adds another really important variety because you can just kind of make your own challenges. There's mm-hmm. there's going to be fights where it's like, hey, you should kind of be around here if you want to do this. You're going to be like, yeah. well, I'm going to try to like, be way below that and see if I can do it. And I think that's really mm-hmm. cool because you see people doing these these ridiculous things going against yeah. these people where they're like, they're, they're, they're much lower level than them. They have like so much health and they're just trying yeah. to take them down. And that's fun and exciting Super too fun. and makes that challenge like more interesting than it mm-hmm. would be if everybody was all in the same. Yeah. Uh, and the fact the that you don't have to pay real money, can't buy loot, makes all the loot you get meaningful and awesome. It's like, oh, I got that. Like, cool. Uh, it does get a little overwhelming and, and convoluted. That is definitely a criticism where it's just yeah. like arm piece, arm piece, arm piece, you, you, you. You have to be a certain level with a lot of characters to equip it. So it's like I'm overflowing with gear because like six of my characters are level one or two or three that I haven't used. Which sounds so ridiculous in a fighting game. I know, it's yeah. overwhelming. Yeah. So here's a complaint that I have that's, that's really bothering me. With the slot machine aspect, when you're opening these loot boxes, mm-hmm. you don't know what you're going to get. And it's like, okay, I found this... Like, let's say one character that I really love, or let's be generous, it's like, okay, I've got two or three characters Mm -hmm. that I really love. This is a big cast in Injustice 2. You're unlocking gear for a lot of people. It's frustrating when you're playing for a long time, and you're not getting gear for the people that you care about it the most. You think that's a problem? It is kind of a problem, but... Sure. But to counter that as well, there are multiverse events that reward specific gear for characters. Mm. And those are always rotating. So it's not, there's not going to be one every day for your character, but it's like, yo, it's going to give you an epic piece for Batman or an epic piece for Swamp Thing like, if you finish this event. And you think that's enough? Yeah. I mean, I've, I, I I've got some problems. So apparently like there's, said, but there's an option and options that you could set it to like weighted. So it is weighted more to I did not know have. that. Is that... But... Uh, I think it's not like a hundred percent effective. Yeah, it's okay. not. You're, it's, you're still getting something for everybody, yeah. but it's slightly more weighted toward yeah. the character you're okay. using at that time. I did not know that. And then uh, I like too that there's five tiers of loot boxes. The first three tiers you can buy with coins. The other two, diamond and platinum or whatever the hell, mm-hmm. you have to earn in the game. So it makes these high end loot boxes that you get from beating a boss, like really special. So. I want to I want to go back uh, and again that stuff it, like some people are so turned off by it because right. it's so overwhelming. If you're the person who doesn't want any BS with their fighting game, you can go on the ranked ladders, play. None of that matters. Or something like ignore me, it. Who doesn't want to deal with any of that? You don't ever play through the story. Exactly. Yes, and, and this is what I want to so talk cool. about. Yeah. Yes. So you you talk about the, the the story being good. You're telling me a story in a fighting game mm-hmm. worked for you. You liked yeah. it. Why is it good in Injustice Two? Uh, it's high stakes. It covers not every character perfectly but there are a lot of moments for you know again you're dealing with 28 29 characters yeah a lot of characters have their moments uh and it's telling a different story you know we've we've seen totalitarian superman before uh in episodes of superman animated series in select comics in injustice one even uh but this is a story straight up about superman having enough being done holding back uh you know it cost him lois lane his wife and her his unborn child mm-hmm. by holding back so he's passed the point in her return he's had enough he's done yeah uh this is a superman that is w- ready and willing to kill unhinged unhinged and make the world uh you know fall in line fall in line or you're going to jail or i'm gonna kill you Superman, psycho. <laughs> so, uh, in this story, let's say, let's say I'm totally new to Injustice. The gear overwhelms me. I'm playing mm-hmm. the story for the first time, and yeah. you're you're jumping between characters 
pretty regularly and it's like man i i've never played a fighting game before mm-hmm. do you think it's hard uh constantly switching up between characters Is it was that... hard for me i'll say that yeah uh definitely you press start you look at your new moves and i'm like trying to pull them off and like i'm yeah. dead before i can do like two yeah. of them mm-hmm. uh you, you want to you want some time for experimentation when you hop into a match yeah. it definitely helps you be better but when well, you die once yep when you retry the difficulty goes, goes down. Mm. And so Noticeably. as you were talking about this being an accessible game, I love that. Mm-hmm. So somebody who is really good is not punished for being really good. Mm-hmm. That person will just go win their fight, move on to the next fight, win that fight. Maybe they'll get clowned one time and then you'll get an easier fight and then you move yeah. on, you move on. You don't have to feel like you're not hardcore, like the game is, is babying you. Yeah. But those of us who do struggle like myself, yeah. the second I'm terrible chance is games. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. It's, it's, I think I love that solution. I think it's yeah. really creative. Very cool. A lot of cool moments. Kevin Conroy reprises his role as Batman. Mm-hmm. Best and, in the uh, Just really good production value. And uh, out, of the, out of this world production value. Yeah, unbelievable. It, it's, like, it's worth saying it's the best. It's the best that it's fighting game has ever seen. Ever. Yeah. Like unmatched. I can't get enough of this, this story mode. It was crazy. Yeah. Is it just how good it looks? Is it that, way the, the the like how the these the scenes music, are presented? The music, the presentation, the fact that there will be sometimes like ten minutes of cutscenes in between acts. And here's the thing, Ben: it's not written dumb. <laughs> it's not written dumb. It's a dumb. It's a dumb idea. It's a yeah. dumb story, uh-huh. but it's written so respectfully. So it's much respect and yeah. love and care into these characters, yeah. with the exception of Wonder Woman. We joke around like Wonder yeah. Woman in this game is they trashed her, so, trashed her, but like. You know, they don't pander to the audience like others. Oh, I don't want to spoil it, but there's like some moments that they really could have abused and they don't. Like, you know what I'm talking about pretty early on. And uh, yeah, it's just really well written. Okay, so it's it's hard for me uh, to, to, to stand by the statement of here's a fighting game where we had to come up with a reason for these characters to clash. Um, the word respect isn't necessarily the first word that would come to mind, Mm -hmm. but you're saying that respect is present because of the restraint shown? Yes. Yeah. uh, Absolutely. I think it was two people who wrote it. They cared about each character's motivation, which is always super important. Except one of them. Yep, except one of them. I I didn't believe it. Uh, Unbelievable. That really rings... Just love Superman. Yeah. Just just love. And that's true. I do always give the benefit of the doubt to love in anything. In any movie, TV show, video game, you know... If it, if someone does something out of love, no matter what I give it to just them. be think of this world. It's just they like, didn't give her enough like moments for me to even like give her the benefit. It was it was all of a sudden like oh okay we're we're doing this like Wonder Woman like there weren't enough moments that it, focused on her to kind of build her character up. There should have been a scene where she's like yeah one more scene would have done it. She's like thinking of all the weak men on Earth who are just gonna live and die and she's gonna outlive them. Mm-hmm. And she's like, whoa, Superman, though. He's like as strong as I am. He's the only man for me. <laughs> and then she walks out and fights some people. Can you imagine <laughs> a superhero oh clash fighting game written by Kyle Bosman? Wouldn't be so right. Good. Wouldn't no, it would right. be very right. Uh, just real quick on the respect thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a conversation about it, and I don't want to detail it, but specifically how they handled the Joker. Yes. Uh, that would have been something that really could have felt forced yes. or uh, overused, and they they... I think they use it in a pretty Hell clever back. way. Yeah. yeah. Very. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, one realization I had, uh, would struggle with Brandon Jones, uh, yeah. Easy Allies, the, uh, you know, time of M- Michael Huber self-discovery. Uh, this, watching uh, the tournament that was held over the weekend for this game made me realize something about my relationship with fighting games. Whoa. Uh, I was watching a match 
and it was Green Lantern versus Deadshot. Uh, this Green Deadshot, Lantern a bit of controversy. A lot of controversy behind Whoa. Deadshot, ranged filth. Okay. Uh, and Green Lantern. This is I don't I don't know the pro scene, but uh, Ketchup and Mustard. I love these announcers. These guys are awesome. Ketchup I have and Mustard. No idea who they are. They are amazing. Okay. Ketchup and Mustard. Uh, we're talking about the Green Lantern's player player history that he was Green Lantern in Injustice One. Mm-hmm. Now he's in Green Lantern in Justice Two. So this player had a lot of uh, you know history with Injustice. Yeah. yeah. And he's playing, he's busting all these crazy combos, he's doing his thing, and Deadshot is just, like, gaining distance, zoning, just, like, shooting, shooting, shooting from a distance, shooting from a distance, and it made me just realize, like, this is what even professionals do to win a fighting game. They chip away, they cheese as much as they can, they exploit, they take advantage like, they do whatever they can to win a match in a fighting game, mm-hmm. and that is not me. Like, I don't even, I don't like to employ those tactics when I'm even playing with you guys. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I don't want to stand on the other side of the map and just, like, zone you like that. I want to come in and, like, just we brawl and but hit each other with combos and, like, whoever wins, wins. I, I think it's important to ask, do you think that this sort of, of method, this cheapness, if you will, is, mm-hmm. is a general problem with fighting games, or do you think it speaks more specifically? Because it's it's not... I mean, Deadshot is definitely the, the focal point of these complaints, yeah. at least from what I've seen, but just projectiles in general seem... Yeah. Like, zoning in general seems very strong. Do you think that speaks to a problem of Injustice 2, or is it not that bad and people are overreacting and we just haven't it's, had enough time to... Was that to, the finals? To, no, it was not the finals. Okay. To figure but this was, stuff it's out. It's getting there. Like... It was from 48 to 16. Okay. Players. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so is, it, is this Injustice 2, or is this just a problem in general, or is it a problem at all? So I am going to preface it by saying that I am not a fighting game professional, sure, and that sure. my insight is severely limited when it comes to these matters. Yeah. Uh, but it just, it just like, I'm sure there are ways to counter him, whatever, that's beside the point, the balance is beside the point. It just kind of showed me that, like, you know, it's about beating your opponent, by any means necessary and if right. you have to do cheap things to do it you do it and yeah. i don't want to do that I think so it, i can never I, I just feel like i can never be like great at fighting games because I, I don't want to do that i think it's worth noting though that with nether realm games they basically basically have a competitive scene of two years mm-hmm. and then the new one comes out and totally. it's dead it's a dead game after that mm-hmm. i don't think all fighting games have the issue that you described yeah, there totally mm-hmm. you, you can't win street fighter five by hanging out in a corner and throwing hoodies like you can't just win by that yeah like that wouldn't work and i'm I'm sure they'll patch that shot as well yeah but but i mean i think like competitive wise obviously there's a scene obviously there's a lot of money in it Mm -hmm. but i don't think it's designed in the same way as street fighter as guilty gear yeah as Killer Instinct, even. And I'd be surprised if yeah. Deadshot even won this whole tournament. Yeah. You know, Batman is, is a strong favorite, they're saying. He's really good at throwing battle ranks from a distance, but also closing the gap. So, who knows? Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it had less to do with Deadshot in particular cheesing than mm-hmm. thinking about just the way you win a yeah. fighting game tournament. Yeah. yeah. There I, are honorable, honorable ways to win a tournament, Huber. Okay. There absolutely are, okay. but, but I actually okay. do think Huber is onto something, though. And I, I, want, I don't want to move on from it just yet, because I think even in games that... that have a high level of respect. I think there are cheap options within it. I mean, that we have we have tier lists for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and not not to bring this up, or not even that I think it's necessarily like I am very frustrated uh, 
at Hearthstone, for example, and the reason I'm frustrated is like I'm just sick of queuing into these the the same thing over and over and over again. And it's not just Hearthstone, or it's not just Injustice Two. I I I get the sensation that you're mm-hmm. describing, where it's like even if this isn't broken, even if this isn't. Uh, like impossible even if i have the tools to deal with this it's just a little bit deflating that that you are just relying on what you read about or what you saw a video of Mm -hmm. to carry you like it just it it drains some of the tension away from the fight where it it doesn't necessarily it like it likes make it sometimes makes victory a little bit less satisfying Mm -hmm. and it makes losing just frustrating because it's like that person didn't beat me because they worked hard that person beat me because they were relying on a trick yeah, when I'm online and somebody juggles the hell out of me and it's just like, bah, 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 like juggling me, throwing me, like doing specials, I'm like, all right. Yeah. Feels cool. Cool. Yep. Yeah. But then when like someone is. Yeah. And to see it on the professional stage yeah. was, uh, it was eye opening. Yeah. And I. I do think we we have to preface this like you did like I I don't know yeah what I, I'm talking about I'm just saying yeah, yeah. my personal exactly, yeah. feelings with fighting games right and Feel I was I was gonna yeah. I was gonna Feel say to this. Yep. I was gonna say this when I was talking about Guilty Gear but I, I might as well just say it now like I hope I don't come across that we like I'm totally garbage at fighting games too I I have no ideas of like being a professional or even being good at all but I think I, I think that's okay I think it's okay to have these feelings like. Sure, I see people say sometimes when you're running up against frust- something frustrating in a competitive game where they're like, well, if you were better, you would know these things. And it's like, yes, but a lot of people aren't better. Mm-hmm. I think a, a huge majority of the player base like might be in booting up Injustice 2 and they might be fighting against a dead shot. And they're like, what the hell? I can't even like move across the screen. And then they don't play it anymore. Mm-hmm. That affects that game. Mm-hmm. That, that and th- those people matter. You can't just be like, "Aha, they don't matter." Goodbye, because like, fighting games need people to play them to succeed, and we want people to play them competitively. Mm-hmm. We want these tournaments to be bigger. We want them to be more exciting. And so I think, I think we have to to look at these things and to to think about them and talk about them without just going like, "Well, yeah. just get better." Because I see the other end too. I see that it's almost like a necessary evil, where it's like the fact that this character exists and can do that adds another element to this fighting game. You know, it's not just about going in and juggling. Yep. You're all you're going to run into players that do zone. Uh, it, it just came down to my weird realization that I, you know, figured, you know, even professionals will do anything they need to do to to win, obviously. But uh, it's just very, a little too intense for my blood, is and, basically what I'm... <laughs> and Ben, for, for those players, though, I think actually the loot system is an interesting mechanic. Mm-hmm. I think it's stupid. You know, I hate loot, and mm-hmm. I, I hate mm-hmm. that, especially in a fighting game, but... The idea that you're always earning, you're unlocking cool things that look cool on the characters that you put on them as an element of an incentive to keep playing whether you win or lose. I yeah. think it's actually a really smart idea. Like for the the multiverse, like I I'm, would figure you'd be into it because you don't have to interact with anyone. You can yeah. just do some sick boss fights and um, it's cool. Yeah. Here I've never done this in a frame trap before, but uh, there's an important, it's not going to be very long. Uh, I think, do you mind if I jump in and talk about the, the Guilty Gear tutorial? Yeah. Um, Did Guilty Gear come out? Yeah, so Guilty Gear XR Rev 2 came out on Friday. Dang. And so this is the, la- or, you're listening to us on Monday, it came yep. out last Friday. Wow. Um, yeah, and so I want to talk about this, uh, and specifically I want to talk about the tutorial. Right now, um, I'm at a point where I really, when the first update 
to Guilty Gear XR Sign came out, Guilty Gear XR Revelator. Um, I just I played it a little bit and thought I was gonna play it more. I want to play Guilty Gear XR Rev 2, even though I'm terrible about it, even though there are a ton of mechanics in that game. Uh, I want to get better at it because of how good the tutorial is. And I should preface this by saying this this tutorial is there, there are two, a lot of what I'm talking about is even the original. Uh, Guilty Gear Xard, but some of it is in the last update as well. So this isn't necessarily new to this version, but I think it deserves to be championed. And um, it's kind of a shame that Guilty Gear isn't a little bit more popular because I wish more people could be introduced to fighting games with this tutorial. It is excellent. It is the best in the business, bar none, that I have experienced. Whoa. Yeah. I thought I thought Skullgirls had a pretty good tutorial. Like this, this is next level. And what it does is there, there are all of. There are all of these different things that you can do. Um, and then it's not only all of these different things that you can do, it's how you present them. And the, the most important one is the basic tutorial. And so it starts by teaching you movement. But it's not just, okay, dash forward, dash back. It's like, all right, here's an obstacle course. Like, if you don't do this right, if you don't get used to air dashing, this fire jet is going to come up and knock you back. And it really stresses, like, hey, movement is really important. Like, you might get this, but but... We're going to challenge you because this is going to... You're going to need to practically apply this movement in a match. And then what it does is it says, Hey, these are how moves chain together. We're going to have this little doll that's going to come up to you, and you're going to have to hit it five times. And we're going to tell you, like, if you press it in this sequence, you're going to... Uh, chain those moves together and so you get used to it it's just this repetition it's like okay you got it now we're gonna make it a little bit trickier and so it's the perfect way to learn where it's it's not assuming that you know anything and it's breaking it down and then once it's broken it down it drills it into you through just enough repetition where you get it but not so much that it becomes tedious yeah like it is good you can get through this the the basic tutorial and i don't know if i had to guess like 10 minutes maybe um but like, I find myself just going back to it because it's so good and because it's it's so refreshing. But if it was just that, if it was just that basic tutorial, Guilty Gear would be great. But then there's this mission system. And this mission system is amazing because what it does is it tells you, it breaks down things that apply to every character. Here's how you get in. Here's what a poke is. Here's where you're going to want to apply this poke. Okay, now you know how to poke. Here we're going to have you fake a poke to get into your opponent's head so they'll they'll do the thing that they think you're going to do and then you can get in. Here's what an anti-air is. And it's like, this stuff is important in Guilty Gear, yes, and they're, they're describing it from a Guilty Gear's perspective, but this mentality that it slowly gets you into is good for all fighting games. Mm-hmm. Like That's cool. I, even if you don't care about Guilty Gear, um, I think it's worth getting this game just for all of this stuff. And like, if you if you want to get better at fighting games in general, I think it's so important. And I really commend Arc System Works for doing this. Like, it's it's what first I've... recommendation to buy a game for a tutorial. I love it. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, like, Absolutely. don't get me wrong. Awesome. Don't get me wrong. Guilty Gear. XR is an amazing yeah. game in of itself. But just at the point where I'm at, where I'm still learning, I don't want to tell you about all that stuff because I don't feel knowledgeable about it yet, but like the tools it's given me to learn are so good, and I know people struggle with fighting games. I know they have a hard time. I know these concepts are confusing. Yeah, the Street Fighter V tutorial then was like... It was garbage! Yeah. It was oh. garbage! Oh. It was no, no, terrible! No, no, no. Um, you know what I think? I think uh, the I think of Destiny Two and I think of guided games, and I think yeah. and I my hope for the future is that guided games evolves and becomes. Tell me what guided games are. So guided games is you have your guild, you make a guild, you got a bunch of buddies, and you say you know we're open for guided games, and 
solo players, players like Kyle Bossman that do not like to interact with anyone Mm -hmm. in their games, Mm -hmm. uh, comes up and is like, oh man, I'm, I'm, I've played this game now for weeks. I have so much gear. I'm, I, I have nothing really to do except the raid, but I'm all by myself. What am I going to do? Yeah. You then go online, you cycle through guilds. You, you go through all their pages and, and you there's their mission statement. It'll be like easy allies, love, love and, and respect. respect. Come on in and join the party. Someone will be like, okay, that sounds friendly. Because say easy allies is on, but there's only four people or five people that want to do the raid. So then they're like, all right, we're looking for a, we're looking for a solo player. Yeah. They come in. It's like, you're right. Hey, welcome. Welcome. You know, you're already part of the group. It's their answer to, re- to removing they were st- the toxic environment. Right. They were staunchly against that in the first game. Yeah. Right. So this is their answer cool. to that. Cool. My hope is that that becomes an industry standard kind of in a, mm-hmm. in a weird way. And like, how cool would that be in a fighting game guided tutorials or something where it's like you know oh, like a buddy like a, be your sensei it's yeah. like you know hop in and i'm gonna teach you some combos mm-hmm. i like, i oh. like that i do <laughs> um but i still think there's this there's this social element present specifically with fighting games where there's there's mental hurdles to get over maybe it doesn't exist for everybody but it would probably exist for me if we had this sort of guided sensei thing like let's say <laughs> let's say i i boot up i don't know guilty gear or some other fighting game and it was like hey press here to, to join up with a way better player and be like, oh no, like, I'm just going to be wasting their time. I'm going to embarrass, like, I, and I think that, that anxiety But if they were, like, open to it, like, they have to yeah. open it up. Sure. If they want to be a sensei, I'm just they saying, can turn it off. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's why I think... Because senseis get double XP. Double oh, XP. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yes. Reward. Yeah, yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. But I do think it's important to outside of other people have these systems in, in place for people to just kind of jump in and be like, okay, explain this to me. And mm-hmm. having the game itself do that. The last thing I want to talk about is there's there's also challenges for each character, um, which is featured in a lot of other fighting games. But again, how it's presented in Guilty Gear is better because you have this big joystick uh, in the middle of the screen and it Instead of Big just showing you like the directions that you push, it shows you how you're moving the joystick. Mm. That's so smart. It's so smart because there will be a lot of times how big? where like half the screen. No, no, no. It's not that big. It's not that big. It's like it's it's just the square that's that's big enough to clearly see. And there's been a lot of times where um, I won't be able to do a combo, and I'll I'll look at it. I'll start like staring at that joystick moving, and I'll be like, oh, what if I move it this way? And then it works because how many times have you been doing a challenge mode in a fighting game where you're like, man, I'm doing the thing, pushing. Yeah, I'm pushing. When I it. keep jumping, instead. right, right, yeah. Exactly. yeah, right, and this, I mean, this, this doesn't completely solve it, but mm-hmm. it, it does a lot, and so, yeah, I just, I wanted to go out of my way. I, I want to say, I want to talk more about uh, Guilty Gear XR. I think it deserves love just as a game, uh, but I'm not at that point yet. Hopefully, I'll be at that point relatively soon, and we can talk about it. Um, but I, yeah, that that tutorial is fantastic nice. and deserves a lot. of I feel like I'm nearsighted or farsighted or one of those because, like, when I push. Like I, I'm always, I always think I'm looking left, but I'm looking like diagonal left, or like, you know, in mm-hmm. first-person games, or even like shooters. Maybe it's just my hand-eye coordination. Yeah, there's like, nothing down. to do with eyesight, man. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, honestly, Hubert, I think it's the way controllers are designed right yeah. now. Your your thumb is angled, and yet, like up and down. You know, I think. Yeah, going left, I'm always like, down and left, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Damiani's right. We we peaked at the Super Nintendo controller. <laughs> We peaked. It's funny. 
Like I joysticks mean, maybe are that's good. Right, sticks but... are good. Sticks are good because up is up. You know what I mean? You're like holding it like this, mm-hmm. but when you're holding a controller, you are angled, <laughs> and so when you go up, you're kind of like diagonal up anyway with yeah. the actual motion of your thumb. Hmm. Gotta train that. Huber, yeah. is there anything else that you wanted to say about Injustice Two? No, I think it's a great game for uh, players of all skill levels. Okay. Uh, there's really something for every everyone. I mm-hmm. think it's the most complete package uh, at launch for fighting game that I've ever seen. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I don't want the narrative out there to be like, oh, microtransactions, you know, there's... It's hard to be cynical about this always, game. There's always those headlines, you know, and, and it's frustrating because it's like pre-order and you get dark side. Don't. You pay six bucks, but that's one character out of 29. That's so many. That's so many characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, obviously there's obviously going to be pre-ordered characters, you know. <laughs> you like, know what frustrated me was... The, it's oh. just one, like, like whatever. Uh, the, the gaming thread on Reddit just like sucks. And, like, the number one post was the three different versions of this game. Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. huh, sure feel like I don't get the complete version Dude, for $60. Dude, I saw that. My friend... It's like, that's the worst meme. Like, you sucked at this. My friend who plays, <laughs> yeah. like, my friend who loves Mortal Kombat texts yeah. me, and he's like, Dude, what's the deal with Injustice 2? I heard, like, you have to buy all the characters. Ugh. Like, that... That's how the narrative that's starts, dude. out yeah. there, yeah, and yeah. it's like... Gah! Yeah. <laughs> Huber, outside of Injustice 2, what is the other game... So I'm uh, working on a review for ARMS. I can say that because I saw Bloodworth uh, tweet yeah. it. So that's... <laughs> so I can... Uh, he let the cat out of the bag. That's, yeah. that's our indicator. Yeah, we Bloodworth, checked Bloodworth's Twitter before we recorded the show. Yeah. What a tweet. Yeah. Yeah. Huber is reviewing ARMS. Yeah, yeah. I think tweet. he was responding to someone. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't um, just like, I really got to yeah. say this. Okay, got I'm it. reviewing ARMS, so I cannot talk anything about that. What a so tease. On. Yeah. Well, it's, it's because it's, oh, that's, I see. that's why my, my cue here is a it's game I just short. reviewed. Yeah. And then yeah. this, this one other game, uh-huh. the one I can talk about uh-huh. Friday, the 13th. Is it just called that? It's called Friday, the, Friday 13th? the 13th, the game. Cool. Yeah. Huber, Huber, I'm nervous. You should be. I'm nervous because I know how much this means to you. And yes. I think when something means that much to you, uh, and there aren't a ton of other or any other Friday the Thirteenth mm-hmm. games to point to, where it's like, yeah. hey, they get this. Yeah. So what's, I what's the deal? I kickstarted this game. Full disclosure. Full disclosure. Okay. Full disclosure. Got my Kickstarter code. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this game is broken right now. Mostly. Full okay? disclosure. Full disclosure. Really hard to get into a match right now. Okay. <laughs> I saw them streaming it. But though. here's the thing, Kyle. Huh. Here's the thing, Ben. They are so engaged with their audience right now. There's communication. The lines so of it's communication. Only the backers are playing right now. No, everyone's playing. Like, so this game's out. You oh. can buy this game for forty dollars. Okay. So it's not a full sixty dollar game. Mm-hmm. There's no microtransactions. Early access. You pay forty, you're in. Mm-hmm. Is it's it on, early access? No, no, it's on it's PS4. Not... This is full oh, okay. release. I this see. is on PS4 right this now. This is on PS4 right now. And I'm still struggling to find okay. a match. Wow. Yeah. Oh boy! So this is a rough launch here. Okay. okay. Is it right. is it just the matchmaking that's rough? Yes. So there's like uh, there's even workarounds right now. We're on Xbox One. If you have this game on Xbox One, you're looking good. Nice. Because you know how Xbox One has the game hub mm-hmm. where it's like people looking for a game. Oh yeah, that's new, right? They go they go to that, and then they do private matches. So when you do a private match mm-hmm. with people, you can you can play. When you do a quick match looking for a game, uh, tough time. By the way, Xbox One doing a lot of the community stuff that we're talking mm-hmm. about with Destiny. Mm-hmm. I wanted to give them credit for yeah. that because I think they're doing a lot of similar things just mm-hmm. like we described. Super cool. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, but Friday the 13th. So tough to get into a game right now. This game is so rough around the edges. Yes. It's so rough. Uh, we're getting all the criticism out of the way. Also, uh, you know, one of the reasons I... Fa- 
I sound like such a serial killer. One of the reasons I fell in love with Friday the 13th to begin with is because Jason Voorhees murders and kills people the most creatively and the the best. How do, you, how do you kill someone the no, best? You showed me he picks somebody up and throws them into a TV. That's not creative. That's that's one out of over 100 kills. That's the one you showed that's me. That's a really good one, okay. too. <laughs> well, you're, you're forgetting the first part of that kill, Kyle, I, where I, I, he buries the axe in her head <laughs> and then throws her body with the axe in the head into the TV. Okay, all right, all right. So, all right, throwing the body into the TV. Yeah. Okay. It's a good throw. Check it out, part seven. When the body, when the body goes into the TV, yeah. is it like... It's like a flop, dude. Yeah. How, so does, it, does it, like, go through the TV and then crash no. to the ground? How does it work? Like, crashes over. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good kill. So, Jason is a, is a master of kills. He's he's always doing something different. He's an it's, artist. He is an artist. He's an artist of And you kill. feel like this game does justice to his no. art? No. Oh. So I'm not a fan of the kills in this game, and I think that's the, my biggest complaint. That seems like a game-ruining complaint. It's not ruining, though. I still mm. like this game. Okay, we're going to get into it. We're just getting the criticism out of the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of bugs. The Jason kills. You have to un. To be fair, you have to unlock a lot of the higher-level ones. There's like a jaw rip that I, you need to unlock. Uh, when you play, you earn currency. I think I saw him breathing fire at one point. What was that? I don't know. Oh, okay. That sounds weird. I watched Adam Sessler streaming it for like three seconds on IGN. And he was breathing fire. Yeah. Okay. Strange. And they were like, run, 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 run. But go, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. So just a couple, like I've unlocked a couple kills and it just has to do with the tech and the graphics. Like there's an eye gouge one, but the graphics are so limited that like, you know, just all of a sudden blood will be on the person's face. Mm. You, you know, you're not really getting that Mortal Kombat X, X-ray style of like crunch. Ugh. Right. That crunch. You know, you're not getting that impact. Yep. Uh, there's another one, a nice good choke. Two-handed choke. There's like, you know, uh, my favorite one was the head crunch or the skull crush. Good sound effects. He just like grabs the person and goes. But again, you're not seeing the person's like head crush and like eyes pop out it's because of the limited tech uh it's made with unreal 4 but you know it's just some jank uh do you have to play five matches to be able to be jason no so so it was funny i was reading uh ign's review in progress damon hatfield was playing it Mm -hmm. and uh he was saying he played all day and was only jason once but if you go in the menus you can uh put your preference to who you want to spawn as i did jason immediately the first like three matches i played i was jason nice so it was meant to be i was pumped you know mm-hmm. you start out in the log cabin uh pamela Voorhees' head is there it's like there's there's these, these scenes from the movies okay. that are there like they clearly love this stuff the music is awesome uh did you win i killed like five out of seven so nice. like two got away Oh, that, so you don't win if two survive. But, it, but like, but when it was over, it, 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 she, she was pleased because like you hear her her talking to you, like good job, Jason. Like yeah, five out of seven yeah. is pretty good. That's so a lot of she murder. was pumped. You know, I made mom happy. Uh, and you know, you can unlock different Jasons. You can get the Friday the Thirteenth Part Two one with the bag and yeah. it's a pickaxe. They have different weapons. You can get the one from Three, one of my favorites. Uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Six is my all time favorite. Friday the 13th, uh, that one's like more mutant style mm-hmm. where he like comes back to life. Uh, he has a spear, but he can't run. He can only walk. Cool. So he's just walking at these people. 
Uh, Jason has different powers. You can, like, kind of, like, warp through, which I was super against, okay? Hear me out. Because it makes him, like, a weird ghost. A weird ghost thing, yeah. but it's, like, their answer to, like, how is Jason always popping up in places when, you know, you see him a mile sure. away and all of a sudden he's there. Like, you know, given that context. From bad a, context, though. Yeah, bad context. He's from, not a ghost who can float through he's stuff. He's not a ghost who can float through stuff. Like, here's what I actually, so one thing I like that they did is like the, like the static film. Yeah. That, I think that's a good way to kind of you know he's make coming. that work. The music starts elevating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Like yeah. there are some intense moments, dude, when I was hiding under a bed and he's coming in. Yeah. Breaking the door down. But it like messes with your vision. And I think that's a kind of fair way to balance out a yeah. fast teenager versus a slow Jason. Totally. So I think... We're gonna go into the good stuff. Okay. Yeah. I think the the mechanics and the 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 core stuff here is good. Uh, also, is it is it just? So I'm gonna go. I'll, saying... go in, I'll go into the nitty gritty here. Okay. okay. So you start out as Jason, say, and there's eight other counselors, and the more they, the faster they move, the the more noise they make. Uh, if they find a dead body. Their fear rises, mm-hmm. and because of their fear, when you're playing as Jason, you see like a little beep. <laughs> so you kind of want to throw the dead bodies out in the open. Yeah, you kill them in the open. You know they're there. Uh, so the, the the more they move and the faster they move, the more noise they're making. So it's easier for Jason to track you down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's clever. Uh, there's multiple ways to escape as a counselor. You can escape in cars. There's a two-seater and a four-seater, and it was really funny because there was a two-seater, and I was the third person coming up, and they just drove <laughs> off. <laughs> they were like, bye. Yeah. And like, no the, room. Hearing people on the, the, the mics has been really awesome, too. It's a mm-hmm. good community. Like, I killed someone as Jason or was hunting him down, and you can hear people talk. And they're like, oh, yeah, he's coming. He's guys. And I like got someone. He's like, oh, no, you got me. <laughs> People are having a good time with yeah. this. Yeah. Uh, you can call the police. And then you have, like the police come, and that's a way to win. Uh, cool. The deepest cut, which I love. The reason I love uh, Friday the 13th Part 4 through 6 is because it's the Tommy Jarvis trilogy. Friday the 13th Part 4, Tommy Jarvis is a kid. He's Corey Feldman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he comes back in six as like the badass veteran who's encountered Jason before. He knows him. It's personal. He's trying to kill him once and for all. Uh, if you die, you can some like uh, if you die, other players can call Tommy Jarvis, and he and then a player that's dead can come back as Tommy Jarvis, and he's got a shotgun. <laughs> it's ready to go. <laughs> Uh, so that's really cool. It was also really Did cool. Did you make this game? <laughs> I went to write. I wish. called Tommy Jarvis. You called Tommy Jarvis. Somebody called Tommy. <laughs> called so Tommy Jarvis. It was cool because as Jason, yeah. I killed Tommy. Tommy Jarvis. It felt good. Just mm-hmm. as a fan, it, was, it felt good to choke him out. <laughs> it was like, gotcha. Wait, does Tommy Jarvis live in the movies? He does. He does. Okay. Unless I'm forgetting like a post credit scene. I haven't watched part six in a while. Part six is so good. It's, it's your oh, favorite. I love part six. It's I, so good. I've got a question. So in part three, the the areas that you're exploring, a fear that I would have yeah. is that the first couple of times I played, it would be it'd be really tense, it'd be really exciting, and of course, you know, you're playing with different people, that changes things. Mm-hmm. But I'd be worried, like, okay, like this Jason has played a lot. They know where the hiding spots are. Yeah, like they know how to 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 get to us. And so, did, is there is there enough variety? Are these places so, that you are like hunting around in interesting enough? Is there enough to? So there's do? only three maps. 
uh, and they mostly look the same. There's like Higgins Haven or whatever, and, and they're all Crystal camps. Lake. Yeah, so they mostly look the same. Where the items spawn mm. is randomly generated. I see. So you never know where the car keys are going to cool. be. You never know where, where the propeller is going to be. Uh, it's also cool because, as uh, you know, a, as Jason, I felt powerful, but at the same time. You know, a couple minutes go by and you don't find anyone. You're like, dude, they're, they're escaping. They're getting right. out of here. There's this urgency to find someone. Uh, it's cool, too, because when you're a counselor, like, you have to fi- say you have to fix the boat. You got to put, like, gas in it or, or the propeller on. When you have the propeller, that's all you're holding. So you have to, like, let go of a weapon. Yeah. And you have to go and then you have to do the mini game where it's like you're installing this. And that's freaking, like, I was installing this propeller, and I saw Jason, like, kind of far away, but he was, like, coming closer, coming closer, I'm, like, doing this. So there is, like, a, te- a palpable tension. So, another question, mm-hmm. if I was uh, a counselor, and I was like, oh, man, Jason's coming, what would, like, send me into a rage, and what I would be worried about is, like, okay, is picking stuff up, is interacting with things, is moving around, like, is all of that spot on? Because if you feel like you get caught, and it's like, no, it's because I couldn't yeah. select the right thing, that would that So would that stuff feels good, but again, this game's rough right now. There yeah. was a time when I was Jason, and I broke a door down with my axe, and, like, someone jumped out the back window, so I was gonna go around to, like, get him. Mm-hmm. Just, first of all, think about how cool that sounds. That's really cool. I'm mm-hmm. smashing down a door with an axe, and through the hole in the door, I see somebody jump out the back window. Yeah, this is good so far. Hyped. Yeah. Then I got, like, stuck on, like, some invisible, like, thing. I couldn't move. Oh, like, no. But it's just that once. That, yeah, like, yeah. those moments do happen. There's a lot of cool moments that happen. One time, I was a counselor. I took a bear trap, <laughs> barred the door. Okay. Mm-hmm. I barred the door. I took a bear trap. I put it right in front of the door. And then I had my my rifle, my shotgun. You're and ready. I waited there. Yeah. I waited there. He's busting in. And I'm just like, oh, come to me, Jason. Come to me. Yeah. He busts in. He gets stuck on the bear trap. I shoot him in the head with a shotgun and then like run past him. I'm gone. He was stunned. Apparently, there's a way to kill him. I, in the review, the review in progress from, from Damon on IGN. He was like, yo, there's a way to, like, kill Jason, but they're not telling us exactly how just yet. I'm sure by now it's been discovered. You summoned Freddy. Yeah. You summoned Freddy or Tommy Jarvis maybe is the only one who can, like, kill him. Sure, sure. So there's a way to take him out. What I really want to do, uh, and it would take a lot of coordination, I really want to experiment. I really want to get a really tight-knit group of counselors and just, like, let's go to war. We all find a weapon, we all just stand there, and we wait for Jason to come, and then we just wail on him. I want to see if that's a viable strategy. Let's go to war. <laughs> like, Don't bother with the keys. Rally, rally the allies. Rally the yeah. allies. Um, like, I want to do that. Yeah. Man, it really, it really sounds like overall, when you when you say it's rough, you acknowledge it. There are yeah. problems, there are things that need to be fixed, but like the excitement that you're yeah. sharing, it doesn't seem like any of this stuff no. is impeding on like it's, really great moments. It's really not. There's great moments. Yeah. I mean, sure, I love Friday the 13th. That's got to be a factor. You know, if you don't love Friday the 13th, yeah. you're probably not going to want to put up with this jank. But I keep, you know, I, I, I've been busy this weekend, but I was like, one more match. One more match. Mm-hmm. One more match. Like, I kept wanting to go in and play one more. There's a lot of progression. Yeah. You can, uh, again, level up Jason's kills. What about the counselors? So the counselors, uh, you unlock more counselors as you go. They all have different stats, whether it's, like, more stamina, more stealth. Uh, and then you can roll perks with points, and that gives them additional strengths and weaknesses. So, like, the more time you put in, 
the more powerful you are mm-hmm. straight up especially as a counselor like the more time you put in you're gonna have a, a, a more of an edge mm-hmm. so Huber, I'm, uh, I'm into it. I, I, I did not want to derail yeah. the Friday the 13th train. Mm-hmm. It was just... That's it. A lot of joy from you, but yeah. I do I do have some news for the panel. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, I didn't think it would come up. I didn't think there would be any game that we'd be talking about that, that would... you that, There would be a need to utter the phrase, the words, bear trap. But... It turns out it's been a long time. Oh no! But we have We're finally, in it. yep, we have finally yeah. big triggered bear trap. And since that has been said, we have entered a frame trap, and we need to get out. <laughs> These are the terms. Okay. Okay. Yes. The game is called "Who Said That." Okay. I have five quotes that are being uh, that are being shown to me right now. Mm-hmm. And after I say each of these quotes, you'll be given three options. Uh, it's a video game quote from a video game character. And the three options are the video game characters. Who said that quote? Okay. Uh, looking through this, just this is, the, this is the first time that I'm seeing it. Uh, it looks like this will be a little tricky. So you, okay. have your, you have your work cut out for you. Okay. The first one is a right man in the wrong place can make all the difference in the world. Is that the elusive man from Mass Effect? Is that Vesemir from The Witcher? Or is that the G-Man from Half-Life? Again, the quote is, a right man in the wrong place can make all, all the, the difference, difference in the, in the world. world. I'm gonna That's say, G-Man. I'm going to say the elusive man. Wow, I was expecting that to go the other way. Kyle Bossman is right with the G-Man. Sweet. Sick. Elusive Man doesn't talk about the world. He's he's thinking galaxy-wise, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah, good call, good call. The G-Man. Who is the G-Man? We'll never know. We'll never know. Why should we? Ask me if I care anymore. Yeah, they didn't have a plan either. They don't even know. They have no idea They never knew. Yeah. (laughs) Give me a break. The next quote... (laughs) is death is inevitable our fear of it makes us play safe blocks out emotion it's a losing game without passion you're already dead without passion you're already dead okay yeah that's 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 a it's a big quote we'll say it again i'm gonna give you the options real quick to chew on uh the first option is sander cohen from bioshock Uh uh-huh second option is max Payne from max Payne, and the third is Angelo from Dragon Quest Eight? Give it one more time. Okay. Death is inevitable. Our fear of it makes us play safe. Blocks out emotion. It's a losing game. Without passion, you're already dead. Max Payne. Okay. I'm going with A. I'm going with uh, Bioshock. It's Max Payne. Yeah. Oh, nice. The, the way he's the way like the the comma yeah. and like the direct it's, wording. It's a losing game. Yeah. 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 Good call. We're tied up, Huber. Okay, the third quote. These are going to get trickier. Except for maybe the one after this. Whenever there is a meeting, a parting is sure to follow. However, that parting need not last forever. Whether a parting be forever or merely for a short time, that is up to you. Okay, again, long quote. Uh, I'll give you the options and we'll read it again. First option is Igor uh, from the Persona series. The Happy Mask Salesman from Majora's Mask, or Sheo Gorath from The Elder Scrolls IV Oblivion. Igor. 
You're, do you want to hear the quote again before you no. follow it? Like and, an and I'll go with Elder Scrolls. Okay, the, the correct answer, I'm going to read it one more time. Yeah. Whenever there is a meeting, a parting is sure to follow. However, that parting need not last forever. Whether a parting be forever or merely for a short time, that is up to you, is from the Happy Mask Salesman <gasps> in Majora's Mask. It's bad. That's bad writing. It's bad. That's why, why I assumed it was Elder Scrolls. Ha <laughs> 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 Bang, bang! <laughs> gotcha! But then they got me right back. Right? It was a Nintendo yeah. game. I, don't, I, think you, I think you got them more than they got you here. Yeah, Let's yeah, see. exactly. All right, the next one. The next one I couldn't resist. All right, this one's a short one. Jacked up and good to go. Is that Jack from Mad World? Mm-hmm. A Marine from StarCraft? Or Rash from Battletoads? Marine from StarCraft. Yeah, it's Marine from StarCraft. It yeah, is yeah, 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 yeah. Jacked I, up and good, good to go. go. I yep. thought that was the easiest yep. one, but I had to yes. do it. It's such guys. a line. Love that. Yeah. yeah. Jacked up and good to go. <laughs> yeah. I wanted, a, I yeah. wanted one Marine Thank you, ben. in there. Yeah. <gasps> Thanks. Okay. Nice. All right. Uh, this is this is the this is the hardest one and this is the last one. Okay. Okay. We have to do this to get out of the frame two to trap. Two. We're two to two. I th- yeah. what, I, what I mean by this is hard is I think this might be the hardest for this group of two people. People at home are screaming. Yeah. yeah, I, think, yeah. I think people Always. at home might have an easier time. Always. Okay. If history is to change, let it change. If the world is to be destroyed, so be it. If my fate is to die, I must simply laugh. Your options are Pagan Min from Far Cry 4, Magus from Chrono Trigger, or Kuja from Final Fantasy IX. Again, if history is to change, let it change. If the world is to be destroyed, so be it. If my fate is to die, I must simply laugh. Pagan Min, Far Cry 4, Magus, Chrono Trigger, Kuja, Final Fantasy IX. Magus. Magus. It's Magus. Yes. Chrono Trigger. Well done! <sighs> wow. You know what? We're going to do something new, um, oh. and I've, I've been told that I've been given permission to do this uh, since both of you got the final question right, and that was the most surprising. Mm-hmm. You can collectively get us out of the frame trap however you see fit. Okay, we're going to do a fusion. We're going to fuse out of here. That is acceptable. Okay. How is it? Is it right, then left, then right? Show me. Okay. This? Uh-huh. This? Okay, yeah. so this, this. Yeah. Yeah. Right? No, no, no. First yeah. together. Yeah. Bing. 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 Boom! Okay, okay, okay. No, no, no. Let me do it for Kay. real. Okay. So. Wait, and when, when do we say fusion? Fusion. Ho! Okay. Is it ha or ho? I think. Fusion ha? Huh? I think I it's fusion ha. Okay. Okay. Maybe not. Kay. I'm doubting myself. I I'm thought not. it was ho, but maybe it's ha. All right. Start in. Okay. Fusion ha! <laughs> and just like that, we're out. <sighs> yes. Here was the fates. It was the fates that made me think Chrono Trigger. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. History. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About history and yeah. fates. I, I yep. tried to. Um, the way that I wanted to do the options is where, like, you might knee jerk think it's any one of them. Yeah. Like, the more you thought about it, the more it would. Well designed game. Okay. I like that. Yeah. That's fun. Cool. Uh, Checked up and good to go. Hubert, do you have anything else that you want to say about Friday the 14th? Or are we ready to move on? Ready to move on. Hope okay. it gets uh, patched. Um, hope it gets patched and they, they iron some of these things out. I, I appreciate the communication. That's all we need. Yep. You know, uh, even when you start the game, it says, yo, we're aware of the issues. 
working day and night on it. Like they're they're all over it. I uh, just got iron those out. Apologize. Yeah, and I th- <laughs> I think uh, I think uh, even you know when we get the inevitable Huber versus easy allies stream oh, in there man. it's gonna be awesome i hope you beat all yeah, of us you hope just, you just kill all of us yeah, yeah. And, and the patrons as well like i i want to stream it so badly with a big group okay um i don't have i don't have a lot this week um i've been very busy there's a game i'm reviewing much like huber i can't talk about it um and so a lot of this stuff i've only dipped my toes in i just wanted to talk about the tutorial with guilty gear there's another game though that i wanted to talk about and hopefully i'm hoping that the the excitement is there with you as well uh so vanquish came out on pc last week oh yeah and i was like oh i'm just gonna kind of boot it up for a little bit (laughs) nope all the way through it's (laughs) it's like a whole new game and it immediately like i've only really dipped my toes in it so far but it immediately reminded me how good it is and that you like you need to play it yeah. this I, I realize that when people talk about platinum they talk about Bayonetta, they talk about milky rising i don't i don't feel like people mention vanquish with the same frequency yeah. vanquish is that good yeah. like and especially at 60 frames per second so on console it was 30 yeah. frames that yeah. 60 frames in a, in a game like this makes a huge difference because this is a game about speed you're this dude in this crazy suit, and what you can do is you just rocket forward and you slide on your knees, and you're darting behind all of these robots and shooting them. There are bigger robots that you're shooting in their weak spot, and it's just, it feels so good. But it's it's not just a game where you just, you look cool. I, I love how simple it kind of is, but how much it makes you think, because when you're sliding around on your knees, or when you're using the slow motion ability, it's consuming a meter. And you have to kind of plan, like, all right, how do I use this meter to get to that wee spot that I need to shoot? And another thing that Vanquish does really, really well is just the chaos, the level of chaos. And I think this is something that Platinum excels at in general. <laughs> when you're going into that mission, it's not just like, okay, here's this one group of guys. This is the one conflict that's happening. It's like, no, there's a group of Kais coming in. There are, there are other robots on turrets over there. There are missiles coming in from all over the place, yeah. explosions. The rest of my unit is like <laughs> huddled behind these barricades. And it's just, there's so much going on, but it's... Like it, it feels like you're actually in this crazy future space battle. Like there, there are crazy cutscenes in this game where you're doing ridiculous things. What you're doing in the game matches up to that, and I think that's, uh, I think that's so. Cool. This game taught me that f- me. This game taught me that I shouldn't approach every game the same way. Mm-hmm. This is a big game for me. This is Shinji Mikami. This is this is a you know. I feel like every game changes my life, but here's another one. Yeah. Uh, Vanquish. Uh, you know, I started out playing this game not like I would any other game. I'm like, oh, well, I don't really need to dive around. Like, I can just kind of, you know, get in there and shoot take, everyone. Take cover, pop, pop, pop. Take cover, yeah, yeah, shoot yeah. everyone, take everyone out. So be it. Ugh. I was like, I was like, well, I'm not really having fun. Like, I'm just sure. going to, I'm just going to, I'm just going to go for it. You know, I'm going to just start sliding around. Right. And that forced me to kind of, you know, look at it differently and play it differently. And, and you know, creator's intent, so to speak, but. Right. It taught me to to not play. And that was a time of cover shooters too. Right, right, right. So it taught me to kind of break out of that and to just have fun and experiment and try different things and slide in there and move around and awesome. Yeah, totally. And it's 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 a great point that you bring up because I feel like what Vanquish is doing, how many third person cover shooters have you played where it's like, okay, this is just kind of a variation of the same thing? What 
how Vanquish uses cover is, it's not like, okay, get behind this and just peck away until they're all dead. No, you use cover because, like, you you shot yourself in there and you just <laughs> yeah. need a second yeah. to, like, not die. Survey what's right. happening. Okay, go. Right. <laughs> cover in Vanquish is just this, like, oh my god, I just need I just need to protect myself for just a little bit. Yeah. But a lot of the times in these skirmishes, you're putting yourself out there, you're, like, and you have to. I feel like the game does a good job of overwhelming you to the point where you you especially in later levels where you can't just say huddled up and i i like that i like that this is a game that's using like and getting into cover feels good it feels natural it feels like all of those other games but like they're they're taking this and flipping it on its head it's uh, yeah you know i know i praise shinji mikami a lot i'm sorry but it's that philosophy that mikami philosophy of being able to fight back against overwhelming odds Mm -hmm. it is it is his philosophy to its core Vanquish. Ben, you know, I gotta I gotta posit something. Here's why I think it may not be remembered as well as those other games. Uh-huh. Story and character. Bad. It's pretty pretty bare bones. I I couldn't even tell you one thing about the story. I haven't played in years, mind you, but I, I couldn't like, tell you. All I remember you. is like the president, right? You're yeah. trying to save the president. Just yeah. Save someone and you're on a big orbital yeah. thing. Okay. <laughs> sure, I'm with you, yeah. but here's where I was sold is just the the lines that he has are very good. It's just this character that has a helmet on most of the time smoking. And they, they, they like question it and they're like, wait, why are you doing that? And he's like, I, I want to. <laughs> I was like, I'm in. I'm in. This is, a, this is a person that I could believe gets a thrill out of sliding around on their knees. Sure. And that's enough. Like, yeah. sure, cool. whatever, whatever conflict cool. is going on, fine. But I believe in like the cheesy this coolness guy. of this person. And to yeah. me, that's like, it's almost more important. Than, than, like, some crazy surprising oh, story. Yeah, I think character is also super important, too. Yeah. Like, be, nobody remembers his name. When we yeah. say Vanquish is here, nobody's like, yeah. ah, the name of that character, John, baby. yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, right. Well, I mean, I don't know. He's, he's not the only good character, though, because when you... I forget his name, but when you meet, like, this, this like, commander guy, this big burly dude with a big white beard, you're, you're talking to him, and he just, like in the blink of an eye pulls out a knife and just starts attacking you. Like he's just, he's just like sick of your shit. And he just like, to me, that's enough. Like I'm in, I believe in the relationship between these two characters. That's so ridiculous. I don't know. Awesome game. What, what, uh, what I feel this? bad that like, uh, I'm not remembering so, the specifics. And I'm conspiracy not the theory. Names, what but, is this oh. building towards? You know, we're, we're weeks out from E3. We've had some Bayonetta pieces. <laughs> Stop it with your E3 No, look at, come on now. We've had some Bayonetta <laughs> pieces. try Platinum Games. Like, there's some Vanquish PC ports. What uh-huh. is happening? This is uh-huh. gearing up to something big. No, I don't think so. I think it's a response. <laughs> I think it's a response to successes. And they said, we should put Bayonetta on here. And then that was received very well. It sold yeah. way better than I ever expected. Sure. Yeah, I think that's honestly what it was. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to say they're leading up to something. <laughs> going going back to the legacy of Vanquish real quick. Yeah. Um, a, a thing that I remember reading a lot and that I that I like about Vanquish is $60 for a six-hour game. Sorry, I can't. Like, no matter how good it is, I can't. I just can't accept that. Yeah. And, like, on some level, I, I understand that argument. But, man, like, Vanquish, those missions are tight. Like, you're going, you're doing something crazy, and you're out, and you're on to the next different crazy mm-hmm. thing. And I like that. And But now now that is at $20, okay? Yeah. On PC, the best it's ever been. Yeah. Like, I think that's so much Way easier more to accept. for yeah. sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I hope it gets another chance. I hope more people check it out. There will be at least one person who had never played it that is now playing it. 
that's a victory. There are at least a thousand, and I would say ten thousand people least. who've never played it before and who are, are right now. now. Yeah, that's viewers, that is a win. Commenters, sometimes, sometimes they'll say something, and I'm like, did I get that exactly right? If I'm not describing the scene right, the attack scene, and please tell me what the names are. I feel bad about that. I I do read corrections. I do. Try to take note of him, and I feel like I might have messed that up. So let me know. No, Ben, I think you don't remember his name because he's not a strong character. No, I don't think so. I'm just bad with names. I, okay. Like I, I'm right. with you, and I'm not trying to make excuses for the game. Yeah, but I'm really just terrible and awful at names. This is this is this came at a time when I cared about story even more than I do now, and I can remember the takeaway from the story was it being disappointing. Sure, mm. but again, that was that was so. But did when you did this think? Game come out? Like, but the game itself seven, is still so. Yeah. Did yeah. you think the characters were good, or or do, do you I, think I'm puffing up the characters too much? I don't remember. Okay. I just remember thinking the story was like meh. Will you play it on I PC? I love the game. I want uh, a different Easy Allies perspective yeah. on this. I mean, it's, it's Mikami, it's Vanquish. I will. It's $20? Yeah. 20 bucks. I'll dabble. I'll dabble. I'll okay, you will do pizza it. that night. I'll boot right. it up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'll boot it up. I'll you put can, at least an hour you in. You can free tell me if I'm puffing up the characters too sure. much or if, or if that whole element okay. of the game is disappointing. Puffery. <laughs> What's that? Puffery. Puffery. Mm-hmm. Puff, puff, we are puffs. <laughs> uh, the me, the last you? thing that I wanted to talk about, uh, I don't normally bring up uh, non-anime television shows. But there is a non-anime television show that I'm, uh, I've watched two episodes of, was really worried about, was just because it meant so much to me, and that is season three of Twin Peaks. Oh. Yeah. Um, so Twin Peaks is, in a way, I think kind of a hard show to summarize for people who aren't familiar, but but it's it's essentially the mystery of this girl who was murdered in a small town and there's this FBI investigator who comes who, who's who's very quirky who's very bizarre this is directed by David Lynch who is known for his bizarreness I feel I hate saying that though that's underselling him that's mm-hmm. that's not why David Lynch is totally. good um, but just trying to be quick here yeah um, it's like saying Tarantino is only good for like right quips or right. something or that like witty dialogue right and that that description like, <laughs> does that description does not do him yeah. justice at all uh because <laughs> that mystery of this this small town girl ends up just unraveling into these these crazy ways like who she's connected with how this happened there's there's this whole different dimension that comes into play um and twin peaks was a show that i watched uh, all I knew is that people ran it and raved about it, but I wasn't sure what to expect. And I remember walking away from Twin Peaks feeling so inspired. Uh, this, I do agree that the second season has a lot of badness in it and drags. But but overall, I remember walking away from Twin Peaks going feeling inspired because I'm like, I can't believe they can make a show like this. That they can do these things, that they can take it in these directions, that they can use this kind of humor, that they can get this weird, that they can pivot so much. It was like, it was kind of liberating because I think at at the time of my life when I watched it, I just wasn't being adventurous enough with shows and and a lot of it felt the same. And so it was weird to me to return to Twin Peaks 25 years later and be like, like, is it, is it just, are we just going to reference everything in Mm -hmm. Twin Peaks like, because there's been a lot of these lately. Yeah, X Files, Prison Break, uh, Twenty Four, like right. all of the every show now is coming back. And Gilmore Girls, Young Sheldon, everything. Right, and I am I'm, I'm no Twin Peaks or I'm no uh, TV expert, but I, I do care about Twin Peaks, and I think it's I think it's reasonable to be, to be skeptical. But the fact that Lynch is heavily involved, yeah, and that they screwed the behind the scenes is that they screwed him at first, yeah, on and, and he, off again. This has been weird, and he bailed out, and yeah, then they were like, no, 
<laughs> you can do it. You can do what you want. Mm-hmm. Like, and then he's like, okay, let's do it. Let's I do mean, it. saddle up. I'm only I'm only two episodes in, but so far I, I think they've nailed it. Um, I've been watching it. It does it does not feel like it's grasping at the air of Twin Peaks. It feels like nope. It totally understands what makes Twin Peaks good. It's not retreading the same nice. ground. There are a bunch of new characters that are very interesting. And we're talking about David Lynch. And we're talking about that bizarreness and how that's not a good description. The reason that's not a good description and what season three has is David Lynch cares about people. So they might be really weird. You, you they might have this 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 bizarre quality, but. He spends time with them. They don't just become that quirk. Um, and I think a good example of this is, is in season three. There's this, <laughs> there's this neighbor who just forgets everything. She's trying to tell the cops all of this stuff, and they're asking her questions, and she's like, oh, I don't remember. But I remember this other thing, and then they'll try to dig into a detail about that, and she'll be like, oh, but I don't remember that, and she'll dart <laughs> up in another direction. But the way that that scene is presented, like, they... Like, Lynch has a tendency to not move quickly. I mean, these scenes where you're interacting with these uh, quirky characters, he just hangs on them. And I think the reason he hangs on them is he wants to, to take a step back and say, no, like, like this isn't just a joke. This there, There's something more to what's going on here. And that's totally present in this third season. And it's why I'm so invested is, like, you just you just keep peeling back those layers and I'm probably not doing it justice, but the overall takeaway with Twin Peaks season three is that it, that it gets it and it's good. Nice. And I hope good to hear. I hope the commenters, in my own opinion, I hope I'm not coming back a couple of weeks later and being like, "Hey, I watched a bunch more episodes and yeah. it got bad." Good start, um, though. Yeah, good start. Good sure. start. Uh, first two episodes. Like Guilty Gear. Right. Good, good, start. Start. good start. Good start. Good, good start. start with Guilty we'll Gear. We'll update you later, but good right. start. Yeah, and I do think yeah. it's important to be honest. I'm, I'm yeah. not saying that, that this is overall good, but just based on my limited experience so far, nice. I liked it. Are so you going to watch? Are you a Twin Peaks fan? Yeah. Uh, I. So I've seen most of season one and two. I was watching mm-hmm. it with a roommate at the time. Yeah. And it was one of those things where our, like schedules conflicted, and, and it, the whole thing is kind of a blur, and like I didn't get to sit down and watch it all through it's like i missed one episode here and like one there one of my friends in high school thought he was the coolest boy in the world because he got the season one of twin peaks on dvd (laughs) it was hard to do at the time nice tv on a dvd you know what i mean yeah cool and same thing huber as i like watched a spot of episodes what did you think of it kyle dug it big time okay yeah i remember very little i remember a log lady i guess but yeah i gotta couldn't couldn't write you a synopsis i i was uh, i was reading an interview with david lynch and there was something that just i i know other people don't believe this but but he was saying i was like yes i totally agree with that to me that is the important part of a story and he says like i'm not i think it's he was like i think it's important to think things out i think it's important to have these things make sense and to connect them and to have an ending to 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 get there but to me, the exciting part of a story is that mystery and that moment when you're like, oh, wait, that's an element? Like, to really focus on that. Not focus on the end, but focus on the chase itself. And he does such a good job of that. And that's what, oh, that's what makes Twin Peaks so exciting. Like, there, there are just so many moments where initially you go, what the hell is even happening? Is this is this just being shocking for shocking's sake? And then and then they they tie it together and... Yeah, it's awesome. Okay. Are we ready for the next segment of our show? Oh, sure. What is it? 
Um, you know, it's just time for the one, the only. Hokage! Wasn't gonna let you get me that time. Last two or three, Ben, you've like legit scared me. <laughs> I feel like. I feel like I was trying to be abrupt there, but I, th I think that Hotake might have been a little bit. I, I need to, I need One, to go into the last. You still got me. If you yeah. do that, they're like we know yeah. what's coming. <laughs> yeah, I need to go into training mode for Hotake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to practice different <laughs> deliberately. Different. Yeah. Okay. Go in the lab. Go in the lab with Hotake. <laughs> All right. Um, for this Hotake, uh, this was inspired by Fire Emblem Echoes. Great. And I was thinking about how crazy it was that, from our perspective, from a North American perspective, our understanding of Fire Emblem begins with Fire Emblem Seven. And I think for most people, obviously there are people that have gone out there and they've played the earlier Fire Emblem games, they've done fan translations, but I think it's fair to say that for most Fire Emblem fans, we understand Fire Emblem from 7 on and then the, the two remakes that we've gotten. And that's weird. That's weird to me that the way that we speak about a series that is so beloved and is so important starts with number 7. And this is not the only time this has happened. I mean, think about the way that we think about Mother. Again, um, some people have played the, the supposedly excellent fan translation of Mother 3, but for a lot of people, it's just Earthbound. I mean, mm -hmm. Earthbound Beginnings was, was very, very recently. Um, and so I, I started thinking about this, this, this North American perspective or even other region perspectives where are, are we running a risk where we're not being considerate enough of outside regions where we're just sort of kind of assuming our perspective is the default one is it on us to do that research to have that understanding is it on the game companies for not releasing those games um obviously we're not just fans we're we're also people that cover games and talk about them and so of course does that bring any extra responsibility um, with with how we talk about these things, Ben. This is a fun question. This is a sticky one, mm -hmm. for sure. Because the, the the answer to your first question is yes. Uh, games media is, is overskewed toward the North American experience, mm -hmm. uh, and that's weird. Uh, that's definitely a weird thing. Uh, you know, certain things are more popular to us. There's this whole realm of PC games that were only popular in Europe, yeah. as well. And those are just, you know, beloved, but we don't know them. I don't right. know all those games. And right. so it's so strange uh, to discredit them, to live in this world, that this historical world of assuming that those games did not have any influence on the games that we play today. Mm -hmm. And so you're right, Ben, it's kind of on us. It, it, we should know about Fire Emblems 1 through 6, right? We should uh -huh. know about those things, but access is a huge issue. Access is a huge issue. Yeah, I wanna talk about that access. Yeah. Uh, Huber, so let's say let's say we all decide like, yeah, we, we need to know more about this stuff. Does that mean we go and, and download ROMs and play fan translation? Is that is that the appropriate way to do it? If there's uh, no other way? That's illegal. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm just kidding. What do you Why think about Why are you just kidding? It? That is illegal. What do <laughs> yeah. you think? It, it is. is illegal. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, if you do that in the private, you're, I don't know, if that's the only way to play a game, like you're okay with it roms are a sticky situation yeah uh it is it is illegal but like i'm I, I i'm kind of the wrong person to ask with with that whole situation because i just don't i don't do not feel comfortable kind of doing roms and when people back in the day were downloading music mm -hmm. and, and tv shows like i just didn't like that what what don't you like about it what's what's wrong hey they're never gonna release this yeah anyway. yeah uh they're not losing money. Yeah. They're not making money off those sales yeah. anyway. Yeah. 
it just didn't creator's intent honestly mm-hmm. it just didn't feel like it didn't feel right it, sure. it gives me like a, a sticky feeling so then i'll say one thing i've done recently is take it in my own hands and just buy japanese carts and then play a translated rom for those games mm-hmm. or i've done that for one game mm-hmm. but uh <laughs> plan to, to do it for more yeah, yeah. feels good that yeah. feels all right. You feel yeah. you own the cart. You feel okay. True, yeah. Let's but, emulate. Okay. I mean, this is. I think this is going a little bit outside the scope of this otake. But right. are you buying these Japanese cartridges used? Is that a factor? Because then you're not directly supporting the people who made them mm-hmm. anyway, correct? Yeah. Right? But these games are so old. Is there a way to even that, do that? Right. There is not. Right. But you you at least feel good that you paid for the physical version regardless. Yeah. Okay. Which is stupid. Because, yeah, somebody else profited off it, not that the developers at all at that point. Mm-hmm. Weird. Stupid. Yeah. Illogical. Illogical. Do you think it's important, um, like, it's it when we're talking about Fire Emblem, right, yeah. for example, do you think it's important to say, like, hey, we would like to play those games? Do you, do you think it's important to hammer that home to... to I don't know. Sound that trumpet, if it, as it were, or or is that taking away from what they do bring over? It's weird, Ben. I think that the best you can do is be passionate about the things you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think of my sports radio hosts that I listen to all the time. Yeah, and a lot of them just don't like hockey. They don't talk about hockey, mm-hmm. and so. They don't know the history of hockey. They'll talk about it when it's the playoffs. They'll talk about what just happened. They won't know every player on a team. Right. And that's all all we really expect of them. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think you can only be responsible for what you're exposed to. Obviously, we could go and play those games, and it would make us more knowledgeable about Fire Emblem. Right. But I don't think it's on us to do that unless we truly want to do that, unless that's truly our passion. If we're going out and being ignorant about Fire Emblem, then yeah, that's on us. If mm-hmm. you're just shouting out any ignorant opinions in an angry manner, yeah. you're doing the wrong thing. But if you play the accessible Fire Emblems and you like those, that's yeah. really all you can speak to. Speak mm-hmm. to. Yeah. Uh, another factor in this this otake is, is I personally believe, and this is my own opinion, that when we divide games up regionally, what is done is oh, there are Japanese games and then there are Western games. And to me, that's that's a little strange because <laughs> games come from all over the world. It's yeah. not just Japan and then everybody else. That everybody else, uh, there's so many... Like, games are coming from all over the world. Mm-hmm. And I believe that that we need further delineation. We need to, to talk about... Like, we can't just have this, this cart... This... I feel like this sort of Western sensibility of, all right, this is what I understand about history from this part of the world. Like, people are using their own history from their own country to inform these games, and I feel like we're not considering that. But we're, we're, we are very considerate of, like, oh, this is the Japanese thing that it's coming from. So you know what I like talking about? Yeah. Yakuza. Okay. okay. Let me bring up Yakuza because yeah. it's actually relevant to this conversation. Mm-hmm. It's on, it's, I, I put a lot of responsibility on the publishers to, to get this game out there, you know, to get Yakuza out there. Yakuza came out, you know, on PS1, or, right. or PlayStation 2, I mean, Yakuza 1 on PS2, and so Yakuza 0 comes out, there's new interest, revitalized interest, it sells really well, and then they go out of their way to release all of their games again on Amazon. 
There mm. was a time not long ago. Like, on disc, right? It's a couple months ago. And in a PS2 box. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty like crazy. The PS2, the PS3, mm-hmm. Yakuza, mm-hmm. all of them. So that's that's them directly making the games accessible again to people who maybe didn't have access in the first place. Mm-hmm. Ben, I think that's awesome. I think another super good example of this recently is Monster is it Monster Boy that we just played? Uh yeah. Yeah, yeah. so um Wonder Wonder Boy. Wonder Boy. Sorry, yes. I always get no, it's, confused. No, it's it's confusing. It's yeah. confusing. It's it's uh, Wonder Boy and then Monster World. Yep. Yeah. Wonder Boy is a wonderful way to preserve that game, to bring it up to modern standards somewhat, right. but to preserve that game as it was, but also modernize it in a certain way, show everything. It's so hard. You can't just throw a ROM up and say, this was history. Be interested in this because mm-hmm. people won't. Right. I think of uh, Martin Scorsese. I think of film. I think of uh-huh. film mm-hmm. preservation. Yeah. You know, film goes back way farther than than video games but i feel like you know maybe we need to start that video game preservation well, i mean like, and that's a strong case for piracy and emulation is that yeah. that's the only way to preserve these things yeah. and i absolutely see that but even still huber i think that people won't be driven to go back to those old fire emblems because they don't match up echoes is another really good example ben of mm-hmm. just modernizing it and i think that's what'll have to happen for these games to become history the only reason i believe still that we got that those fire emblem games in the u.s that we start with seven is smash bros mm-hmm. just making that game and its historical relevance palatable making it something that people today can care about is the way to make people care about it you it's so hard to get people to care about anything today. You have to work to do it. You you really can't just throw stuff up and say, this is history. Care about this, please. They won't. Mm-hmm. These are our old PC games. These are old Japanese games that never came to the U.S. Please, like, be interested. It's hard. It's so hard sure. to get people interested. Sure, but I guess what I what I always feel conflicted about is you, you say, well, you know, hey, here are good examples of, of publishers making their games accessible. That's what they need to do. If they don't do that, that makes it really hard. Yeah, whereas, it does make whereas, it hard. You know, I, I view the role... I'm always hesitant to use the word journalist, but if if we use the word journalist, right? Yeah. Like it, we're the we're the ones that are supposed to know. We're the ones that are supposed to do that research. We're the ones where even if it's hard to get, we still get after it. I mean, Jeremy Parrish, right? He's right, on top of that stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> like I I don't think do do you think it's it's there's an extra calling for us where if we're going to talk about these games, we need to put in the effort to know what we're talking about. Uh, like Kyle was saying, be passionate about what you're passionate about. Uh, I think there's other avenues, other, you know, there, there's, you can find someone that's passionate about anything. I'm sure you can go out there on the internet and look for someone who's so passionate about Fire Emblem. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I can only manage what's going on right now with the games that are coming out and the ones I love. Right. Uh, I would love to... So play more i can't even play the, the new fire albums how am i gonna play the old ones in, in, in response to that in response to that um i think you're right uh and i was just trying to push you a little bit but i think you're right where we're, we're human and we have to like playing all of fire emblem is, is an easy <laughs> thing to say but it takes a lot of time and and right now with where we are I don't think we're in a place where I can just say, all right, I'm just going to play all of Fire Emblem and know everything I can about all Fire Emblems. There's other games that I have to play. Mm-hmm. But I think a, a healthy mentality, a compromise between the two, is to be honest with your audience and say, I do think this stuff is important. I will learn over time. But that, like, that over time, 
are the key words there. Where this <laughs> is this is going this isn't going to happen instantaneously. I don't know now. I will try to learn. I will try to get better. I will try to grow. Then. But I also like the variety. Like uh, yeah, you know, a lot of people came to me when I was reviewing Resident Evil Seven. They said, "Man, I can't wait for Huber's review Resident Evil Seven. You know, they know that I go back to the series roots. They know I've been playing Resident Evil since the first. Yeah. Versus finding another review of mm-hmm. someone who's like, "Yo, this is my first Resident Evil." Yeah. So like having that variety, I think, is is valuable to the industry. Maybe I, I don't know if. It's not unvaluable but, to not have played those. It's an asset that you have, Huber. Yeah. Right. And it would be an asset to read, read a Fire Emblem review from somebody who has played every single one as well. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it doesn't make the other review bad. Right. But I also like seeing it from someone who's never played, because what yep. if I've never played a Fire Emblem? You know? Yeah. So. So we're talking about sort of the, the how the variety of, impo- of opinions is important. The different levels of knowledge is important because people are going to be approaching these things. Uh, differently uh, there's there is absolutely a difference uh, reviewing for a general audience versus reviewing for a specific audience do you think then when you sort of recognize your role where your level of expertise that maybe it's important to point to other people who do know more than you do like I, it, it's, it's always been a weird thing to me and I'm certainly not good at it now where like we're afraid or feel like we're selling ourselves short if we'll be like, hey, this is where I'm coming from, but this person is coming from this perspective. Check that out if you want his or her opinion. Mm-hmm. Why don't we do that more? Why don't we, why don't we say, hey, this, this reviewer uh, knows more about this. Here's my take on the game. I don't know who I would like point to in those situations. Maybe mm-hmm. I can like, why, like, you know, dig into that. I do All right, think so that's... in your arms review. What about it? Who are you gonna say this person knows? But well, this is what I think. But I can, yeah. I don't. I don't know. Like I, I think of Injustice Two. Okay. And when I posted that to Patreon, I was like, "Hey, you know, I'm not very good at fighting games." Like you really mm-hmm. said that in your post. Unless I deleted it, I'm pretty sure I, I hope did. You deleted that. Yeah, you yeah. don't have to do that. But it's like, hey, you know, I, I've been playing Mortal Kombat for a very long time. I yeah. love DC. I'm, I'm trying to be even more open with where I'm coming from mm-hmm. when I review a game, not necessarily in the review specifically but on the Patreon post a mm-hmm. little message saying, yo, here's where I am. Like put this many hours in or I'll, I want to get more into that. Sure. But I, Ben, I think it was like totally unnecessary to, to point to other reviewers who you think may be more qualified. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like Metacritic is, is that maybe in a, in a sense, like people can go on Metacritic and, and kind of read the little quick blurb of, yeah. everyone you never have to presume that anyone is using you as their only source because most of the time you're not you're not yeah. anybody's single source yeah i actually i mean i agree with you and i think the, the reason that i agree with you is i think if your review is written well enough your perspective will be abundantly clear people will be like yeah. oh, okay i i know where they're coming from if i obviously naturally if i want to know mm-hmm. more i'll go to a different place that, yeah. that covers a different a different like i think of uh I think of Prey, I, I reviewed Prey, yeah. and I, you know, I would say I'm more intimately knowledgeable with, like, those types of games versus fighting games, because, again, I've played a lot of fighting games, played a lot of more combat games. Immersive Sims, we call those types of games. <laughs> sure. Uh, I've played more percentage of Immersive Sims than my percentage of fighting games, so I feel like in the beginning of Prey, I kind of gave, like, a little bit of... Mm-hmm. preface and backstory and context into yeah, yeah. the genre and the development of that game because i was more knowledgeable mm-hmm. and that felt good felt stronger 
but like some some reviews you know they're just I'm, I'm gonna say what i say the best i can and my knowledge of the series may be more on some and less on some and that's something i kind of have to deal with okay um <clears throat> about a year ago i wrote uh an article about developers in chile um and it was interesting hearing their perspective uh and hearing them talk because a lot of them had so many great ideas but they didn't necessarily have the the funds or like there wasn't there wasn't the same sort of development culture that other places had and that that was a limitation for them and i think i always think like from our perspective right that's that's not always an element that we consider where we we look at a game and if it doesn't look very good or it looks janky we're immediately like well that that's just a bad game is it important for us to think about the situations where these games are coming from outside of outside of just being a consumer of it just outside of somebody who's who's talking about the narrative of games do we do we have a responsibility to shine a light on these places and and help them grow yeah i think of friday the 13th being a kickstarter game Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know that's obviously a different type of development than you know mass effect andromeda you look Mm -hmm. at that game you you know are you going to hold it up to uh to a harsher criticism like mass effect because it's made with you know tens of millions of dollars and thousands mm-hmm. of people and because they use the mass effect name mm-hmm. versus a kickstarter like i think i think as long as think... you shine the light on each game's development a little bit mm-hmm. i think that's all you can do you well know? i'm not because necessarily you're... talking about in the limitations of review because i think one could i'm not saying i agree with this but i'm mm-hmm. saying one could argue that if you're reviewing something that review is saying, okay, I am recommending whether or not you purchase this, or at least I am recommending this or not. I, mm-hmm. And I think maybe in a review sense, that's a little bit different. But I'm even just talking from a, from a coverage standpoint. Mm-hmm. I was mentioning on the podcast of, of writing an article about, of, of shooting a video on. Mm-hmm. So, Ben, this is, a, this is a really weird problem. And mm-hmm. I think it almost – I'm going to talk about super future for a second. Okay. I think it's a language thing. I think that uh, because we can speak English and because the the language of English can be appreciated uh, in more countries than most any other, uh, we have this advantage of our coverage being accepted all over. Mm-hmm. We have international fans from from countries who, like, if they made a in, in their own language, they made podcasts, we would not understand what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Whereas they can, even as English as their second language, understand what we're saying. Right. Uh, I, like... There's some issues there. There's some issues where that's the history that gets remembered because those people who are the media, those people who do have the most exposure and the things that those people are exposed to are the things that get remembered and uh, passed down in history. That mm-hmm. sucks. When I think of the super future, when I think of this idea of everybody sharing a language, which we, I think we're getting close to, you think of an MMO where you type in a thing and that actually gets auto-translated. Yeah. I do see that in the future. I see that in the singularity. I think as all of us being on the same level the same plane being to communicate with each other at that point ben then we can all be on the same plane of sharing ideas and and video game concepts and video game history and we could say this game happened in this and this and this and here's what it meant those sci-fi devices where you just speak and it does the language yeah you you know translates it for you yeah yeah yeah. i mean beyond my lifetime (laughs) but i mean i think really that's a huge root of what those problems are today absolutely Kyle, a, it's a weird issue. Kyle, uh-huh. I think that is that is an excellent point, uh, that it a lot of it is coming down to language. And I, I too, want to be optimistic about the future. But, but 
I guess in the right now, do we just say that sucks and leave it at that? Or do we say that sucks and are there, are there things that we can do about it? Are there ways that we can make it better? Or um, is that even our responsibility? I still think it's about following your interests, you know? Yeah. Uh, don't force yourself to do research on things that might not interest you because it'll come off in what you're saying about it. Sure. Uh, Absolutely. But it is, I think, important to have a global perspective. Mm. To, to keep in mind that not everybody lived the same life you did. Uh and just introduce things when you, when you talk about them and, and things like that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's something you have to be cognizant of, but it isn't easy to be cognizant of. When the, those around us, like we all know what the N64 was. And we all had friends who were owned an N64. You know, it's just weird. It's, it's really weird. We have shared experiences that we assume are shared, but aren't by our entire mm-hmm. audience. Okay. That is this episode's Utake. That got serious. Yeah. That wasn't like ranked thing. That wasn't no. like let's rank a list. That was ooh. No. Uh <laughs> it was like uh Otake meets Final Bossman right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I like. It's it's always it's always hard. And I, you know, it's this is a show that I I have to constantly evaluate and reevaluate and it's it's not just about what the people want it is it is about what the people want in some sense but yeah. I, like and another i have to think like hey are we are we on the right track here and it's tough because sometimes I, there are definitely hotakis i've backed away from where i'm like i don't think i'm i have enough to offer a perspective on this sure, or, sure. or a question and i don't think we came to any solutions here but sometimes and what i'm realizing is maybe the question is just enough maybe the question that that starts that conversation is enough and yeah that's that's definitely that's definitely a learning experience okay do you want to say you know that uh you know positively more games are more available than they've ever been which is a good thing you know digitally and uh online and remasters and and re-releasing these old games to the masses you know virtual console is such a cool thing uh so that's that's a positive way to bring other games to more people yeah, and, and another thing that I want to say, and of course, like if we if we got anything wrong or we, we assume something that we shouldn't have, always let us know. And another thing I want to let us know is you're right. We, we are in a privileged position where we have international fans. Like if there's something, if there's a perspective that you have that, we, that you think we could benefit from or learn from, uh, please share that. We are looking. I will definitely look um, and, and try to incorporate that when possible. When you're talking about piracy, uh, for many countries, that is the only way to play yeah. some games. Mm-hmm. Jeez. You know, even when they were new. Yeah, places, yeah. places, other yeah. places are prohibitably expensive. Yeah, yeah. and like internet yeah. in some places too is like yeah. not even an option. Yeah, sure. All right, it is time for emails. We've got we got a trio of emails here. Our first one comes in from Wesley. Wesley, Wesley. Wyndham Price. He says, "Hi Ben and panel. I've thought." I have a thought that's hard to nail down, really. I know none of you have kids. At least I think so. Uh, No kids. But I'm a dad, and I was thinking about what my kids won't be able to experience as a result of how rapidly the industry is moving forward. A couple of examples. Growing up, not everyone had the latest consoles, so I can remember many instances of myself and my mates having sleepovers and playing games together. Whether this was playing Tekken or Mortal Kombat against each other or playing a game like Metal Gear Solid or Resident Evil, there was this camaraderie and feeling you got from being in the same room as your mates while playing a game. 
You get these wow moments that you can immediately share and feed off. Plus, jump scares are a million times better in a group. Say the word land now and I'd be surprised if you got a reaction, but the highlights of my weekends were getting 10 mates together and lugging these massive computers into a garage, spending three hours trying to set things up, killing the one guy who didn't have the game or right drivers you needed to play, and then spending the next 36 hours not sleeping, drinking your body weight and coffee, and playing Age of Empires, StarCraft, Dota, Counter-Strike, and so on. I guess the tangibility of it all. To me, it is more it is a more personal way of playing. I know the argument will be that there are amazing opportunities now for kids to get connected, and this is entirely true. Being able to play games like Destiny with complete strangers and form absolutely amazing memories, like defeating Vault of Glass for the first time, or going flawless in Trials, these are all things that would have been impossible a decade ago. The sadness really comes from the thought that there is no incentive to play together in person anymore. Not that one method is better or worse. Do you ever have thoughts like this? Do you think we're losing that 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 coming together and playing games? Is there a reason to physically get together and play games anymore? Is that important? Yes. Couch co-op is my favorite thing of all time. Is it going away? Yes. Has been for it's a long away. time. It's going away. Yep. Internet. Mm-hmm. We have to accept it. It's like many other things yeah. that are going away. Mm-hmm. Uh, my only hope, again, you know, we talk about virtual console and, and re-releasing games. My only hope is that... Uh, People in the future do boot up Streets of Rage 2 with a buddy and say, yo, check out this game from like 40 years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and they do it, you know. Here's what I would say, though, uh, to your children as they're growing up. It's it's like music. It's like looking at their music and like, ah, this is not the same kind of good luck rock and roll. Ice. You know, it's that <laughs> yeah. same old thing. When our kids grow up and our kids are playing games online and being in the same Minecraft servers with each other and stuff like that. Right. That's not worse. That they're loving that as much as we love playing games on the yeah, couch with their my, buddies. Yes. My friend That's has true. my friend has a seven year old that plays Overwatch mm-hmm. every day yeah. with him. So right. that's something really cool. Like, yeah. You know, it's just new, different games. Yeah, and, it's kind of like how it ended. It's it's not necessarily worse. Yeah. They're not right. just they're just different. And I think that's it. I, I think you know. But they, and couch co-op games do still exist. Like yeah. I played, uh, you know, I, I can't think of any recent ones. But I mean, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World wasn't too long ago, and I right. played that with my roommate. Uh, the Ultimate <laughs> Alliance re- remasters came out. I played that with a buddy. Nice, it was so fun. Yes. Couch co-op. I yes. know everybody says that uh, we we praise Nintendo too much. We're too biased towards Nintendo. But but honestly, if if you had asked me this question last generation, I think I would have been a lot more cynical. Yeah. But I'm not saying it's going to happen. But I'm excited for the potential of the Switch. Yep. Yeah. And I didn't. I. I didn't necessarily know that something like this would get made. I think there is a chance where you're playing Zelda or Mario or a multiplayer game. You're Snipper clips. Mario Kart. And you're, you because you can bring it with you, because you have those Joy-Cons that attach right on the console, I think that is, in a way, kind of a modern example of what this person is mm-hmm. talking about. Mm-hmm. You know? A lot of people out there don't have Switch, but maybe they're in for a round of arms yeah. or Mario Kart or something like that. I played I think uh, that's cool. Shock Troopers locally with Brad, and then my other friend has Switch. Played Metal Gear, Metal Slug 3 all the way through at Starbucks. Just a back corner. You and a friend at Starbucks? No, my friend and his friend. Whoa. Two of my friends. I wish... Played Metal Slug 3. I was that Because he thought it was going to be like... Uh, he had never played through Metal Slug 3. Yeah. Like, I thought it was going to be like 30 or 40 minutes, but it's it probably like, was. It's like 90 minutes. Whoa. Yeah, cool. And... There's, a, there's an important thing that you said there. It's not just these modern first-party Nintendo games. It's mm-hmm. because they're putting all these Neo Geo games on the Switch. Yes. You're showing them this old series, and that's what I hope happens. That's why Virtual Console is so important on yes. Switch. So important. Get yeah. it out. Get it out. Cool. 
Yo, let's get a new metal slug at E3. Let's get a There's new metal a dream. slug. There's a green. That's so hard to do. Metal slug oh. on Switch. That Make pixel art, some of the best. Oh, up. Some of the best of all time. Metal, metal slug. Metal only. slug is a series where I feel guilty. Where like, I don't need you to go crazy. I just need you to make another metal stick. Yep, just, just do, the, just do you what could you did. Say, say heavy Frame machine any gun. screenshot. It looks so good. Yeah. Just make, Shotgun. Just make more. Uh, did you play Metal Slug 7 on... Only one I haven't played. When the anthology, the one? When the anthology came out Wii on Wii. Wii anthology, yeah. yeah. When that came out, Brad and I went through every single one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then 7 is after that? Yes. Okay, yeah. I have not, have played, not seven. played 7. I like 7. <sighs> That's Metal Slug I haven't played. I have a new Metal Slug to play. Uh, what I like, it. what I like about Metal Slug Seven is it it uses the dual screens in the most Metal Slug way, where the things you're fighting, where it's like, oh, this is on both screens. Yeah. Cool. Wait, so it's a DS game? It's a DS yeah. game. It's an oh, original DS yeah. game. Yeah. Cool. I'll bring it in. I'll bring nice. it in. Nice, nice. All right. Um, Yo, when are you gonna bring Cowboy Bebop? It's Look. on Crunchyroll. Look. It's on Hulu. It's on Hulu. I want. I thought the need I wasn't want there. The lossless compression. I want that. I thought Blu-ray we said this disc. last time. Maybe we didn't. Okay. I want to see right. the dust on the frames. Yeah, I want All that right. Blu-ray disc. Back. I'm not doing this as a joke. I actually feel bad. All right, <laughs> cowboy. <laughs> Because I have to look at this for time codes. I want to see the paint strokes in the cells. I want to see the pupils of their eyes. All right. Well, that's kind of low demand, man. That's right. Well, like the red, right? Keep those, Keep those eyes, eyes open. open. Yeah. <laughs> like the, All right. The bloodshot, like. You're going to see that at very low res. <laughs> I promise you if it was like 480, you'd still see the red in their eyes. <laughs> It'll be sharp. Okay. Our next email comes in from Brandon. The subject is a fate worse than death. Whoa. Hey, Ben, a subject. It is a good subject. It's good subjects matter. Uh, hoping to get your thoughts on different ways to punish mistakes in games rather than character death or restarting the player the most recent checkpoint. Mm. For example, many people feel that the idea of a limited number of lives in a Mario game is a relic from the early days of games. One of the best death alternatives I can think of is tiny wings on mobile phones. When you miss a hill... I love tiny wings. I love tiny wings, too. (laughs) When you miss a hill and ruin your flow, that is a visceral (laughs) feeling of failure. You lose all the momentum and speed you've built up over the island, over over island after island of nailing the perfect timing. You don't die, but you know deep in your soul that you made a mistake and learn from each mistake you make. What are some other examples of a death alternative done well in games? And lightning round challenge, how many new ideas can the panel come up with? We're just gonna we're just gonna think of a death alternative. We almost we almost got through an episode of a show without bringing up souls. It's never gonna happen. That's death. What do you mean? That's what. That's what I like. The death in souls, losing oh. your resource, mm-hmm. losing your money, basically. But and I trying think, to but get I back think, to your body. I think what this this um, email is is, is going bring up for, an alternative. Right. Okay. Is not dying, but you feel the same sense of failure that okay. you do without without your character actually dying. Uh, this one is really hard because your your gut wants you to save scum. But I love not doing that in Deus Ex or Dishonored. Yes. Getting caught. Uh-huh. Trying to stealth through a section, but then getting caught and having to bust out your Blade Runner style revolver and, and take some people out in a shootout. You know, you, you just got to adapt. You let it you let it happen. You let it go. It puts you more in the moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it feels bad, you know, when you're trying to stealth through and someone's like, hey! And you're like, oh! <laughs> uh, I'm thinking of like... um. Oh man, like Wario can't die. I'm thinking of like Pikmin. Your Pikmin can die and it feels awful, but Olimar's never gonna die mm-hmm. unless you run out of days. What about oh Fire Emblem? It's death. 
Death is hard yeah. in Fire Emblem. Yeah, it's really it's X-Con. honestly been as hard for me to think of of games I, I where think Pikmin is an interesting example though because it's it's not so much about the death because you yourself are are not dying in the same way, but you you are seeing a lot of these things that you are responsible for. Yeah. yeah, and they're also your resources, they're right. your tools. Right. And but you do end up caring for them at the same time. It sucks when Pikmin die. That's close. Olimar can't die, by the way. You can, like, get hit by a boss, I guess. I was thinking of uh, of dialogue options, uh, specifically in, like, Telltale games where yeah. where I really Ooh, nice. care about a character yeah. and I say something and they, they kind of scoff at me or, like, like hate me. Yeah. That feels really yeah, bad. That feels totally. like a failure. Totally. Um, for, for not being able to read the situation. That's good it's one. hard. Death, death is so common. It's hard to think of examples. Tough. Yeah, because almost uh, Tiny Wings is a really fun example. Mm-hmm. But if there's a re- if there's a game you're playing on a console where you don't die, you just kind of like clumsily get back up and then keep yeah. playing. Uh, that game would not be reviewed well. I, well, and it's funny because in Tiny Wings, I, I still sort of consider it basically death because the way that you lose that game is you the the screen gets you. You know, yeah. you, you're still it's still a fail state that is that is very similar. But I liked what he was saying where. Mm-hmm. Just the mistake felt like death. Yeah. For sure. Um, oh, another example. Here we go. Uh, Overcooked. Overcooked. Is sure. really is really good. You play until the time runs out. You play until yeah. the time runs out, but I but I yeah. but there's there's always that moment in Overcooked where it's not the end that yeah. feels bad. It's when you know that you failed. Yeah. When you're like, Oh, mm-hmm. we grabbed the wrong thing or oh, you didn't wash oh, the yeah. dishes. Oh that, that feels fire. as bad. Yeah. Nothing's as gonna a kill death, you. Yeah, that's right. a good one. Good example, yeah. Ben. Do we have any more, or are we moving on to the last email? That's the best one. Okay. Frame trap, biggest gaming regrets. What about wasting ammo? Sorry. Oh no no, it's good. Resident it's good. Evil. It's good. Missing well, you magnum. You can still die. You can still die. No. Resident Evil. Missing, I like this. Missing like magnum this. shots. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Totally. Missing those shots. Be- yeah. Oh, totally. You know, might as well reload. Or yeah. have you ever <laughs> have you ever like accidentally used a healing item? Yep. And you're like. Oh, is it full health? Yeah. Or, it, or, like, or no, no, another no, 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 bad no. one? Time out. Is that fair? Because the reason those things matter is because there is death. For sure. Those sure. things right, are going right. without You're, death. Okay. I do have one. Yeah, okay. Okay. When there's multiple paths to go down, mm-hmm. three, four, whatever. And a door locks behind you. And you can't, you go down one yep. and it locks and you can't see the other ones. Oh, yeah. You're like, Ugh! That's worse than death. Ugh! That's absolutely worse than death. I missed an item. I missed a collectible. Yeah. Dang it. That hurts. God. That's good. Biggest gaming regrets. <laughs> okay. Hi, allies. I have a question about your biggest gaming regrets. This is a very broad question, but I started thinking about it recently when I remembered a funny and yet depressing story from when I was in college. Desperate for cash, I sold a friend my copy of The Legend of Zelda, Wind Waker, The Wind Waker for the GameCube, for measly $10. You read that right, $10. It's inexcusable, I know. One of my absolute favorite games of all time. Years later, my friend actually looked for that game to sell it back to me but it was lost in his parents' garage, and alas, my gaming sin was never rectified. Do you have any uh, similar stories? What would be some of your biggest gaming regrets? I think what what I like about his example is it's not a regret within the game itself. Mm-hmm. It is what you did with like a physical game or something that happened to uh, you. I bought Okami on PS2, and like a year later, I finally got around to it and went to go play it, and when I opened it up, the disc was gone. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god P- pristine box 
pristine instruction manual. Yeah. It had, like, the glisten of a new PS2 box. The glisten. Because I keep all my games in, like, this airtight yep. f- container. Gone. No idea where it is. So also, I've... another game that's gone, thankfully I had already played it, Yakuza 2. Gone. What gone. happened? Get it off Amazon, dude. It's back. Gone. Have the box, disc, it's gone. under Brad's bed. Just, just Brad lost in the it. shuffle. Brad took it. Yeah, that's the official narrative. It's under his bed. <laughs> yeah. Brad, look under your bed, dude. Uh, <laughs> hey, I found this too. <laughs> so I've traded in many games in my time. Yeah. And actually, I have very few left because I really don't mind purging. I, I don't mind not having them. And when I ever come back and say, man, I'd really like that game, I just buy it again. To me, that cost is worth the expense of of the space mm. yeah the, of the clutter of just having them all uh you can fit a lot of games in a couple containers from the container store i don't Kyle. want it i don't want those containers just oh man it, like three or four neatly stacked containers from yeah. a container store can fit like hundreds of games each of those is like 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 my apartment is a glass of milk yeah. each of those is like you're dropping a fingernail in my glass of milk each little container, each little thing sure. of things. You're right. I do. It all drives me crazy a little bit sometimes. I do take advantage of my grandma. I do have a couple boxes. <laughs> hey, your it, grandma's place? In her your garage. Oh, in her garage. She only grandma. has one car. It's a two-car <laughs> garage. My grandma, you know, if, you know, she doesn't need the garage space. Yeah. She's told me. Yeah, yeah. You know, but thanks, grandma. Yeah, uh, I th- I'd say don't even, I mean that Wind Waker, just get a new Wind Waker. Get Wind Waker HD. Wind Waker HD. Don't don't feel sad about it. It's gone. Material things they will only lead you to ruin. I, you, you know what, Kyle? You're completely right. But I want to try. I want to try to 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 counter that argument with with my own example. Yeah. And that is that is the guilt that you feel. Sure. And it, de- it depends on. I think it depends on why you're doing something as much as the actual thing itself. And I think I think I've told this story before, so forgive me if you've heard it. But I think this is why I'm such a hoarder with video games, mm-hmm. or one of the reasons. There are many reasons, but this is one of the reasons. When I was in middle school, uh, in late elementary school, I was just obsessed with Pokemon. I loved it. I had all of the, the Pokemon games, Pokemon Red, Blue, Yellow, Gold, Silver, Crystal, Pinball. I loved them. I played them to death. Just all I did was I carried that game with me everywhere and I played Pokemon. And then I remember it was like the school, you know, I was, it was a small class. I was in a Catholic school, a small class in the Midwest. The class just, that I was decided the people that I talked about Pokemon with every day just decided it wasn't cool anymore. And they'd be like, are you still doing that? Mm-hmm. And I thought, BJ. and this was a terrible moment in my life, I thought, I can't do this anymore. It's not cool. I, 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 I feel weird playing this. Even if nobody else is, is around, just the fact that these people that I like and respect said that this wasn't cool, it's like tainted it for me. Yeah. And so I went and I sold all of those Pokemon games. I still don't have for all the wrong reasons, and I still don't have any of the Pokemon games there, and it was for the wrong reasons. It yeah. was because I wasn't being true to myself, yeah. and I wish I still had those games because the right thing to say was, "I don't care. You're wrong. Pokemon is awesome because I think it's awesome, and doing yeah. it for me." And so, yeah, uh, that I don't know. I'm, I'm probably making it sound like a bigger deal than it actually is than what I'm thinking about it. But man, it felt like really bad. Like I remember a moment. Where like I was over all that stuff, and I was much older, and I was like, "Boy, that was that was a really terrible thing for me to do." Uh, mine is similar to that, except you know it wasn't because you know someone said something or whatever, but I n- was young and I wanted to buy new new games, so I sold a bunch of my games mm-hmm. to get credit and mm-hmm. buy some new ones. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, and then you know, 
more than once I wanted to play a game I had sold and went for That's it. And it was too. like, oh, I sold it. And there was like a big, a big sale I did where I sold a bunch of games back to GameStop. And like, finally, it, it, the, it was like the, the final straw. Like I went to go play a game. And I'm like, oh man, I must have sold it. And that day I said, I'm never going to sell another game Again. Tell me that's true. Tell me I you stood true to that. I stood true. I've never Whoa. returned a game since. Wow. It's been, I cannot remember the last time. It's been at least 10 years since era. I sold a game back. Wow. Here. Yes. I refuse. And because I don't want to promote used game sales. Give the money to the developers if you can. Not GameStop. What about Game Dude, <laughs> yes. though? What about a Game Dude? It feels good to give your games to Game Little Dude. Little mom and pop. Support yeah. your mom and pop. For sure. But, like, you know, I, I, I'd rather my... You know, you're voting for, with your wallet. You know, I'd rather give the money to the people who slaved away and sure, crunched and sure, sure. Made, yeah. made a game. No, no, no. People who crunched, they're done. They're paid. It's the publishers yeah. who demanded the crunch who continue to get paid. Oh, God. Oh, God. I, mean, I don't want to have this conversation. Sure, yeah. It's a weird ethical uh, yeah. thing. But, like, okay. Because I've, I've said that before to people, too. Both, yeah. both like, on streams and shows and podcasts and stuff and people are always like oh that you you're being too idealistic and it's like whatever i i i love video games and i want to support video games and mm-hmm. this is this is a way that i could do yeah. it like sure. like if i buy a copy of yakuza 0 right new i'm hopefully increasing the chances that yakuza right. 6 comes to the west right if i buy it used they don't know i think that's not helping i think it is dangerous to get into the mentality of like my purchase doesn't matter mm-hmm. because if everybody thinks that, yeah. then of course the information that these publishers have to go on, you're not going to get the things that you want. Yeah. Like, like sure. I guess in the most literal sense, maybe in that moment at that specific point, your purchase doesn't matter, but yeah. enough of those people, yeah. right? Like Yakuza Kiwami yeah. in this summer. Yeah. But I totally get selling your games for cash. Like, you know, especially if you're younger. Like yeah, I was like, right. I, it was, I was 15. Yeah. yeah. I was working on the weekends, making like barely enough to get anything. And to the person who wrote that like, question, you, know, you needed those all... 10 bucks. You, right. You needed that 10 bucks. I'm so yeah. glad you guys said that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad you guys said that because yeah. like, yes, if you're in the position, but you should always take care of yourself and your livelihood and the people around you first. Yes. I, I, I guess I just assume that, that, that people know that. But it is important to say that, like, you know, your, like, rent comes before video games, obviously. Like, paying Sometimes. your bills comes before <laughs> video games, obviously. I'm just saying, like, if you are in a position to do it, it's something to think about. But, yeah. Rent, Good point. Rent before Good loot point. boxes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is really happening. Overwatch. Oh. Overwatch addiction. Got it. Don't even play the game. Buy those loot boxes. Wait, is that you? That's 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 a lot of people. Do you buy loot boxes? I have. I've. This is the event, the one year event. I have not bought one loot box. Stay strong. Yeah, I'm staying strong. strong. I'm getting out of there. It's fine if you're playing Overwatch and into Overwatch, but you're not. Yeah, stay strong. Feels good. Yeah, but then Ian's, you know, Ian. Hey, don't don't. Ian showing me this diva skin. Yeah, this diva skin. What's what good is it if you never use it? Yeah, you're right, Ben. I feel bad. Your goal for this podcast was not reached what was what the was, time limit the, the no, time no 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 goal here that was not that was not my goal and i know it's going to be confusing to people and yep. i know i'm going to get a lot of comments about this especially because i i think a lot of people will probably not make it to this point but my goal for this podcast was not necessarily to make it shorter okay my my 
goal for this podcast was maybe by limiting the panel the number of panelists by one uh we have more energetic conversations we spend more time on other segments and and to me personally in the moment we'll see how it feels once i listen back to it and we'll see what the people say but i think that was the right decision i think these conversations were better i think, I think we had a uh, hotake cross final boss man i think it happened we had yeah. a beef bowl yeah. yeah we got to talk about everything <laughs> yeah so yeah it's not it's not necessary to make it shorter i um but it's it's to make what is there better and i hope I hope what was there is better. I hope you liked our conversations. Wait, is that it? Yeah. That's it. That's the end of the show. I there was more. That was That's three it. questions. That's the end of the show. What? Time to go home. <laughs> bummed. Oh, no, Huber's bummed. more. I was ready for <laughs> no, more. No, I don't. That's it. I like knowing these, when these it's These are the... carefully oh. curated. Yeah. He said three questions and yeah. then asked three questions. Yeah. <laughs> I like knowing it's the last email because then I'm like mentally prepared. <laughs> and it's like, now I feel like you're hanging. All right. I'm should hanging. I should I do an no. should I do an unofficial? I don't want to throw a wrench in. You no, absolutely right. should though. Yeah. That's one of the things. That's a Regis Philbin rule. You can't bring that up. No, you can't bring it up. All right, so we're doing it. Yeah, This is this is this is unsanctioned email. Yes. Okay. I'm gonna go purely by the subject line. Yep. This is from Troy. Troy. Okay. Subject: Unexpected treasures. Oh, okay. Perfect. Subject. Okay. Hello, allies. A couple of years ago, I was eagerly awaiting the release of a Project Rainfall game called The Last Story. Mm-hmm. I had heard this was a game worked on by Sakaguchi, who created another series I loved, Final Fantasy. A good friend of mine also recommended I check out a pro- another Rainfall, a pro- another Project Rainfall game called Xenoblade Chronicles. While I wasn't as invested in it as The Last Story, I still picked it up when it came to the U.S. Fast forward about a half year. A year and a half later, to the time I was able to finish these two JRPGs, the last story was pretty good, but not as good as I hoped it would be. Xenoblade Chronicles, however, not only exceeded expectations, <laughs> but has become my favorite game on the Wii and my favorite game I think I've ever played. Yes! Wow. Oh. With my story in mind, I wanted to ask you this. What are some games you have played that you initially weren't invested in but exceeded your expectations by the time you finished? I don't know why I didn't pick this email originally. Great yes. one. It's a fun Z- question. Uh, the PS2. Xenoblade Chronicles. You know, again, this ties into like selling games and buying games during that that era. The PS2 era is when I was, you know, working part time. Yeah. Little fifteen year old Huber working at mm-hmm. El Cholo Cantina restaurant. You know, making ends meet, trying to pick up some games on the side. Uh, you know. Why is when, the way you say things so beautiful? <laughs> when uh, <laughs> when you're that young, it's like you have disposable income. So you can buy anything, any any game, right? Anything yeah. you're passionate about. Yep. So I would go into GameStop during mm. the PS2 area and just like pick games and, and buy them. And that is how I discovered Ratchet and Clank. I had no knowledge of Ratchet and Clank beforehand. That's really I had cool. no, had, you know, I, I subscribed to game magazines, but I guess because of the, the aesthetic, the cartoon aesthetic, I thought it was a kid's game. Yeah. And I was mistaken. I was wrong. I was ignorant to it. It's a kid's game. What do you yeah. mean that was wrong? You were right. I, I thought it was like a like a super kitty game. I sure, mean, not sure, a sure. Lombax shooting nonstop with crazy weaponry, you know? Just nonstop. <laughs> sounds like a kid's game. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, my interpretation of what Ratchet and sure, Clank sure, yeah. was, uh-huh. was, was wrong. And I, I picked it up because it was a new release and it, yeah, there was a thing with a gun on the cover. <laughs> Took it home and it's one of my favorite franchises of all time. <laughs> the person designing the box art did. They got me. I put the gun on the cover. They get work. They got me. That's why Bioshock Infinite has a gun on the cover, man. Yes, that I was know. that whole discussion. That is me. Oh, they man. got me. That's insane I was to me. That's insane to me. <laughs> he's got he's got like a huge it's like yeah. looking. 
Yep. Yep. And you just you just <laughs> you just throw your hands up in the air. Yeah. I've been trapped. <laughs> they you got cast me. your net. Yeah. They got me. That was it. Cool lump lumbax on the cover. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, who's this? Who's this creature? Uh. <laughs> I. C- an area that I'm kind of uh, nostalgic for, in a sense, is um, when I was very, very young. I only, I couldn't, I had no money. Uh, my parents just bought me games occasionally, yeah. and so I was kind of at Christmas their whim. And, and holidays like, and... like I could make recommendations, but they, they were the final yeah. decision. You're still getting Wheel of Fortune on Christmas from your grandparents. I got Wheel of me Fortune too. on Genesis. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got Monopoly. I got Where's Waldo. Yeah. A lot of the stuff that it was I didn't want, but it was fine. They picked up that box art, right? Yeah. But sometimes the parents came through. Yeah. And one of those times, I like, I don't know if it's actually a good game or not, and I'm not interested in finding out because I loved the hell out of it. <laughs> Pac-Man 2, The New Adventures. <laughs> Whoa. Cool. Yeah. And so nice. what, I, for those of you who don't know what Pac-Man 2 is, 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 it's not like Pac-Man. You're not going around eating power pellets and, and killing ghosts. It's an adventure game. And the artwork is amazing. And the, the, the emotes that this this big old Pac-Man sprite does, like, he's got a family to take care of. He's got a baby crane. He has to go out and get milk. So you have to go to the what? farm and you have to, like, not upset the cows. You're trying to get the milk. This sounds exactly like a game Kyle Bossman would make. I almost downloaded it. I saw it on the virtual console. This sounds like something please, you would make. Like, how do we make Pac-Man? So yeah. Like, what do we do with Pac-Man? Context. How do we evolve this? Pac-Man needs context. He needs, a, somebody he needs did a, that. a kid. Yeah. Yeah. He needs a kid to family. Yeah. I, like, that is yeah, and you have, you have to like when you when you want to go into the city, you've got to go and you got to get a, a, a train pass and you go and then you have okay. This now I really want to play this. Explore. I want to play and this. Yes. this this is kind of this has been done a lot now, but at the time, like it, at the time, this shattered my mind. Where you go into an arcade and as Pac-Man, you can go and you can play Pac-Man, and then on your Genesis, you just you just got a version of Pac-Man that you didn't know you would when find. When did this come out? Was this game. before Shenmue? This is predates Shenmue. Shenmue. Yeah, this is Dude, on the Genesis. Dude, Suzuki, possibly a fan of <laughs> possibly <laughs> Adventures. New Adventures. Yeah. And the cover is so good. Uh, it's like it's this holographic cover. You, you fly. Um, you can fly with this glider, and on the cover, it's like him taken off. And can you imagine the cojones to call that game Pac-Man 2? To the new, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pac-Man 2. Right. This is the sequel to Pac-Man, the most successful right. arcade game of all time. Oh. It's a weird adventure game. Pac-Man 2. That's cool. I have one. I got one. Finally. Do it. It took me a long time to remember this. There was a time when I thought I was too mature for Grand Theft Auto Five. Five. That Grand uh, Theft Auto Five, five was a silly <laughs> game a few years ago. Five. for silly children. Oh no. Seventeen-year-olds might enjoy this, but not me. Oh no. I was convinced by one Michael P. Huber, the convincer. To give Grand Theft Auto V a shot. Dude, I remember this. And while I still do find many elements of yeah. it juvenile, <laughs> okay. I loved my time <laughs> yes. in that game. And when I say love my time in that game, I just love being in that world. Yes. I loved the driving. I loved spending moments mm-hmm. listening to the soundtrack, mm. just driving at nighttime, at daytime, being inside of that world that was so carefully put together. I really, truly saw... What is great about Grand Theft Auto, and that was cool. Had you played Grand Theft Auto before five? I watched my roommate play four, sitting okay. on the couch, looking at it like this is dumb. People like this, they're dumb idiots. This is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I think that's an important point because yeah. a game can look dumb, but you you really don't know until you get your hands on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, some sometimes you do, but yeah, 
Sometimes you're GTA Five. Yeah. One meal. And uh, another lesson from this story: mm-hmm. Michael Huber can change people. That's why I played Marvel Heroes. He can change people. Not quite the same effect as GTA Five, <laughs> but like, sometimes Huber just <laughs> dials in. Yeah. Oh. Set me free. Oh, set me free. I'm really glad we read that bonus email. That may not happen every time, but uh, maybe once in a while. That was that was fun. That's it. We're all done. Cool. We're all done with this episode of Frame Trap. Had you Thank played you Red Dead before GTA Five? I got to Red Dead, got to Mexico, quit. <laughs> why do you like? I, why? We're so why? We're yeah. so close. We're so it close. was just like, oh, cool, we're God, so you gave it a chance and you liked we're it. So close. And then you just gotta why do the thing about? with the Red Dead. We talk about trading in games. Oh. We talk about trading in games. I don't think I've shared this before. Oh, no. I've shared my love of this game before. To got Red Dead Redemption, you know what I mean? Played it, got to Mexico. It's like, oh, is this more? Okay. Done. Put it back in the case. Take it back to GameStop. Trade that in for another Western-themed game. Toy Story 3. Great Baby. Game. Great and game. And I loved Good it. Good way to end it. It Toy was Story filthy. 3. It felt yeah. dirty, and I loved it. Played through Toy Story 3 <laughs> yeah. instead of Red Dead Redemption. It was disgusting, it was depraved, and I loved every second of that game. You know, I thought you were going to say, like, like a really bad game. Oh, yeah, be angry, it. But I, I yeah. there, there's some, there's some, like, sp- unique Bosman redemption there, yeah. I think, yeah. <laughs> Not that you have to like Red Dead Redemption, it's just, yeah. we're, we're on that train, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, okay. If you would like to send in your email and learn more dark secrets about us, <laughs> please email askeasyallies at gmail.com I don't know what else there is to say thank you all for watching until a next <laughs>